friend on the planet in the entire universe brent wiggins hi and hi. Ed, blast and the from guy. the past <laughs> scott yamey moberly alan yeah. so for those who don't know and are listening to this scott and brent and i used to be in a band together called mandatory spelled with an i mandatory yep. not to be confused with any other weirdo band that spells it right and of which there was... Of which there was... What? One? I think I saw one before. At least, yeah. Yeah. So, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the show. All right, see you, <laughs> Yeah. So, the band. Yeah. Original lineup. You guys started the band. Yeah. Initially. I was thinking about this earlier. Wasn't there something like you, Brent, had guitar first... And Scott was using cardboard boxes or something before <laughs> before drums were involved. Scott okay, is shaking ahead. his head yes, and yep. my memory is like psh, jello. So these these are olden days. Uh, I do yeah. Now now that you say that, I remember us making a video. We probably have a video of yep. you playing on cardboard boxes. But I do remember a conversation on the phone where I was like, "I'm gonna be the drummer." <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah. Wait, and, who and, said that? You or me? I, I wanted to be the drummer. I oh. said that, and then and, and but you you won obviously, wow. <laughs> and everybody oh, even goodness. got a drum kit. But yeah. So, okay, I remember back before I had a drum set, and you remember the Smashing Pumpkins had that song 1979, oh, where yeah. the entire thing's just snare rolls? Yeah. Right? So I, we would be back in the back of your house, and I would be sitting there with my $5 drumsticks with no drum set, and we'd ask your mom or your dad to come back and watch me play air drums. And look, I could almost get it. I never miss a beat. Wow. Yeah, so that's where it started. Was that it's that ridiculous. was pre-Rusty at that at yeah, that time. Wow. Yeah. And well, but I wasn't playing guitar and playing Smashing Pumpkins. So it was just you playing along with the CD. I think that was the something. impetus of it though. That's yeah. why we were we were editing Metallica songs on your computer and we were like, "You know what? Let's just start playing our own stuff." <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Man, I oh. And here's another thing. Yeah, tell me. You talk about the movie do you remember the movie? What movie? You and I had this bright idea after we were done jumping bikes on curbs and shit, <laughs> right? That we were going to make a movie. I don't know if we got a hold of like Drew's camcorder or your dad's camcorder or something like that. And we had, it started with that Toadies song. And and then we we had this bright idea to record. Dude! The, we had this bright idea to record a feedback loop was yeah. basically we're we were recording the the TV recording itself oh. and we'd put our hands in front of it and it yep. would just do all these weird <laughs> like glow. psychedelic shit <laughs> yeah. and we thought we were fucking Oliver Stone you know we we're like okay cool here we go yeah. we're going to make a movie and then we started writing a movie and it's interesting how you kind of like when we were little kids without any 
yeah. puberty on our side yet. We were still doing the very things that we end up doing nowadays. I would love to find all of those videos. There's probably hours and hours of footage of us, yeah. like orchest. We used to orchestrate fight scenes yep. out in the woods behind our house. We were Scott and I. For those who don't know, we I moved to the neighborhood when I was three, mm -hmm. and Scott was already there. Yeah. So we've known each other a really long time. And by the time we were about six, we started like sword fighting out in this wilderness area, green belt behind the house is there. And we would set up a camera and we probably have, I probably have hours somewhere of us, probably like 20 minute scenes. And we had, we did every move, but we only, we set up a camera like in one spot and just f captured the whole thing as if it was going to be a movie. <laughs> the entire intro of the movie was you running away from the camera in this red jacket. And it was always just the back of your head and the back of this red jacket. And I remember like, sitting up in your bedroom attic area in that kind of window yeah. area, like videotaping you running across your backyard. Uh, wow. That's and then we'd cool. like go out in the woods and, okay, run. And I just videotaped yeah. you running. <laughs> <laughs> that was our movie. Oh, that's man. so awesome. That's yeah. awesome because I can, you know, I can picture the attic, obviously, and thinking of mm -hmm. seeing you guys do that. This is probably not interesting for... <laughs> or is interesting oh. for other people out there because they can't. I'm loving this because I I know the places you're talking about and stuff, and it's bringing back so many memories. So I forgot to ask you guys, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? That'll put the three year old into perspective as well. I don't know how to put the three year old into perspective of and man, okay, I'm 39. Going what? yeah, I know Cinco de Mayo will be big four zero. And what I do for a living, I don't know right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm an editor. I've been editing. But I don't know if that's going to continue. I'm at a cr what they call a crossroads mm. right at the middle of a midlife crisis, at the middle of a transient move, potentially somewhere unknown. Oh. So, or maybe I'll just keep doing exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. you could do whatever the F you want. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Moberly? I am also 39. Whoa! I have yet to catch up to Brent. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Yeah. One day. I'll be older than him. No, wait. That's not how it works. Yeah, 39. I've, last 15 years, I've been a steel detailer working with my pops. Uh, he's retiring. Now I'm going to go down to Ennis and work for our customer. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. in the steel business still. I just, but mostly I don't, I don't pick up anything. I don't saw anything. I just draw it on computers all day. Yeah. And now I'll be selling it. So cool. that's what I do. Selling drawings. Selling drawings and selling time and, and yeah. materials and everything. You know, they, what types of businesses or buildings do you guys like do? Like mostly just large warehouses, you know, mm, okay. like I would say like as far as Ennis is concerned, cause Ennis is our, our biggest, our only customer really any longer. And um, they do a ton of warehouses, but just for example, I, I would say some of the things that they're probably a feather in their cap are these Amazon distribution centers. They're enormous buildings, right. you know, I mean, they've got more robots in them than, you know, but that's not what they provide. But, you know, it's a huge project, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of steel and someone's got to draw it. That's me. And then they've got to sell it, ship it out there and then help orchestrate all of the different subcontractors and getting it to, I mean, you, you would know. 
I know a little bit about a little, about a little bit of things. Maybe the listeners don't know. Oh, that's right. They don't know anything about it. We're I'm just... sitting right here, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Roof drain frames. Yes. Do you have any dealings with people complaining about size openings mm-hmm. and locations? Every single time. This is something that happens to me every single job site that I work on. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, hey, when are you going to set the roof drain frames? And then they would say, when are you going to lay them out? And then I say, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go through people's heads properly. Can I just say that my attic at three years old was way more interesting than roof drain <laughs> frames? Yeah, no, we'll get back to Within, we'll within <laughs> five minutes, we're on roof drain frames. Roof drain no, frames. No, we'll, yeah. we'll get back That's Everybody wants to know about that. Yeah. No, but there's Nate for the construction audience. <laughs> Yeah, for all the construction workers out Shut there. Up, <laughs> no, that's one of the things that always happens on jobs that I always wonder, does everybody deal with this every single job site every time always? Because that's what happens to me every time. Dude, you know what it is. It's just everybody sitting around waiting for someone else to tell them what to do, yeah. where to go, where to put it. And, you know, basically, I mean, I'm going to end up drawing the damn thing, but I got to wait for somebody to tell me you know, how big it's going to be and where it's going to end up going. Mm-hmm. I can put it on my plan. I can send it to the fabricator. They can make it and they can ship it out to a job site. And then you got to wait for the erector to go, okay, well, we got to wait for the deck to come in first or erect it from the underside with the scissor lift and we can do it that way. Sorry, yeah, erectors right. out there. I get erect when you talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of got a chubby talking that way too. But for to, to close that loop, a roof drain, Yeah, it takes the water from the roof. Mm-hmm. And gets it out of the building. Correct. So if you are a roofer, you are in control of the pitch of the roof and you know where the water is going to. Mm-hmm. So if I were to lay out the roof drains here and the roofer actually needs it 12 feet this way. So whenever they're wrong and the roofer says, that's not going to work, we need to redo that. That could be weeks of labor redoing piping. And then everyone's going to say, well, he laid it out pointing at me or the plumber on other job sites. Sure. And I just think it's a common sense thing. In construction, if you've done more than one job, that a roofer should be laying out where the drains need to be so they because they know where the roof is pitched. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, but the thing is, though, is, I mean, it's really easy just to say, I'm waiting on what to do. Yeah, right. You, know? you ever see a GC know how pipes work and all that crap? Rarely. Rarely. Yeah. And everyone around Sorry, the job GCs. side is like, hurry up and wait. Is that kind of the attitude around? Oh, absolutely. Most job we have sizes? a saying: we don't have time to do it right, but we have time to do it twice. Yeah. Right. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Construction is not. I have a feeling that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, I'm dealing with some that are not laid out yet. I'm bleeding. And I was. <laughs> you need a band aid. He I needs was... a band aid. I'll suck it. Does this podcast room have a first aid? Negative. Ugh. This is not OSHA regulated area. <laughs> I'll give it to the snake. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I'm gonna unbutton my button here. Unbutton <laughs> my hey. button. Ugh. What is that? Thanksgiving? <laughs> I might take yeah. off my belt here in a minute because it. It sucks. is a necess- necessary. It. What am I trying to say? Necessity. Necessaria. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. How right. old are you, Rusty? I'm oh, yeah. 39 as well. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. that's weird. We're all the same age, but we're I feel like, like Twinkies. I feel yeah, like but you usually were a three grade of us. ahead. <clears throat> you were a grade ahead of me. A grade ahead. Oh yeah. No, I'm a grade behind. You graduated in 2000. Wait, I did. No, yeah, that, that's right. I graduated yeah. a year before you. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I'm thinking of this wrong. 
It's because you're older than I am. I'm reversing those two. Yes. You are older than I am. By a month. Graduated before you. Yes. And that always was weird. It was weird because you were always weird. You were always like physically bigger than us. And so I thought I was like, man, this guy's an adult. No. Whoa, really? You felt like that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, if you spent more than five minutes with me, you know that I'm not an adult. Yeah. Remember when he like hit that symbol like on the floor at your house and then he put it on his head and he's like. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I can see this, but Uh, maybe you have a video of it. After the video. Well, I have to get back to L.A. to find it on a hard drive, but I'm going to send it to both of you okay. guys. It's it's greatness. It's like the first time Rusty ever came over to our our house. It yeah, was your place. Yeah. And there's a symbol on the floor. Yeah. And he or you. That's what it was. You're drumming and you threw your symbol across the room and he and he Holy surprised shit. him. He goes, ah, and he jumped up and he he started hitting it with a stick. And <laughs> what we song he is was, that where I throw the symbol? I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. We and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I just remember thinking, "Oh, that's what it was." After, after Rusty went home, mm-hmm. he, I think you called me, Rusty, and you said, "Gosh, Scott probably thinks I'm so weird or something <laughs> like that," because it was his first time ever meeting him, and he was just like a spaz back. That Rusty had an ample amount of energy running around, and, and being, now I have to drink my energy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I loved Rusty, man, from the very beginning. Yeah, you know. Seriously, like, I don't know how long the three of us, like, the, that iteration of Mandatory existed. I don't remember, you know, before I, I went off and took the easy road as far as music <laughs> is concerned. But We were talking about memory earlier, and this is how bad mine is, is that, and forgive me, mm-hmm. you're going to have to both forgive me, but, okay. like, I know that we had Aaron McKinney yeah. in the band, but I can't remember if we played with Aaron and you scott at the same time or if that was because i know we played with our next drummer who is also named scott (laughs) and aaron that's not confusing but were you there during that time because i can't remember i don't think my memory sucks i played one show i was gonna say i think it was that one show i played one show at galaxy club where aaron was on bass Mm -hmm. and we did like a six song set and then the last song we switched for davidian yes and i played guitar (laughs) and sang and you did the drums pull that shit off Wait, but was that... That was, was with Aaron. That with, was the only show I did with Aaron. But was that because Scott the other Scott it. couldn't make it? That's and this correct. was like an opportunity to so, play a show. We so had you were to take filling this in opportunity. That time. Yes. But was there ever a time when you were an official band member while Aaron... But we met Aaron through you. Yeah. So I don't know how that ever came to be. I don't remember. Um, I don't either. Well, I worked at the I music store. Yeah. I worked at the music store, and that's where I met Aaron... And then I think just with, you know, hanging out or, or something, maybe for this particular show, was it like a twosome? Like you had Aaron and me doing the same show for the first time? I don't know. It could have been. I think it was. I actually I think it was because I remember him being absolutely freaking pumped to <laughs> play a show. That sounds familiar. I mean, because you didn't meet Aaron and then decide to pull him on board. And then Scott couldn't make it, and you asked me. I think like right. you guys were down a bassist and a drummer or something. For some reason, I don't know why. Maybe. I, I want to say that me and Aaron at the same time filled in for that show. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. It seems a little crazy. It yeah. does. Like for Looking a... back, is probably like, probably should have canceled the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> drummer and a bass player. The yeah. whole rhythm section. Is... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're wow. fill-ins. 
But really, the band was you guys anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So one memory <laughs> that's coming up for me that I I recall was you wanted to play one of the songs. I forgot what song it was, but backwards. No, no, <laughs> we changed something with Scott Sablehouse. We changed the way the drums were played on a certain part or something. The Wanderer. And you, were, and you put your foot down and you said, we're not playing it that new way. We're playing it the way I play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that specifically. I think it was I The thought, Wanderer. Well, I mean, you're comfortable playing that, so might yeah. as well play it, play it your way. Yeah. <laughs> there was, a th- a th- if I'm remembering correctly, I think that was a song. I, I want to say it was, it ended up being The Wanderer. And that was the last song that we wrote together and that I had some kind of you know part of how it went together and then the transition from scott to other scott was right after that and i I think i was i just had it like you know muscle memory this is the way i played it you know yeah and then that's we we played it the old way that one time yeah because i mean brent and i were playing it the same way on guitar we didn't change anything it was just the drums that changed so. Don't don't ask me now how it goes. I, I, no I don't even know what song. Oh, we're talking about the Wanderer. Wanderer. See, see how bad my memory is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. We did Labyrinth. We did like a re- oh shit. Maybe it was Labyrinth. Yeah, because we re-recorded that, or we just recorded that with him randomly. I feel like yeah in Lubbock. No, <laughs> that's a whole. No, other no, no, no. God, <laughs> no. This was like I got stories this, about that. Sitting in the car with a, dr- a ki- sitting inside of a kick drum or something. I don't remember what how that was, but no, that was, <laughs> I feel like that was at at your house. But like, oh, I remember set up drums in the house in, somewhere. In that's in that study that my dad had all his insulators yeah. in. Yeah, we recorded on the Tascam. Yeah, on the four track. Yeah, there's a video of us doing that somewhere too. There's so many. There's a lot of videos of just the three of us. Didn't you say you have a bunch of video stuff or something? Maybe it was that show that we we're talking about, the Galaxy. Club I have show. that show on video. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 great. We were kids. We yeah. were kids, man. Yeah, we had uh, we had all the folks from Zoo up there. I think it was like a Thursday night too. So it was you know we left work and yeah tore ass up to Galaxy Club. Gosh. And yeah, I played that show. It was great. I enjoyed the hell out of that. And it was cool switching. You and me switching. And I was like, I just got my eyes real big. I'm like, I can fucking scream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is so wild, man, to think about doing that. Like playing that song. I can't even remember how I played drums. They're probably awful, but I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. I just liked hitting stuff yeah <laughs> no hell i think we pulled it off uh, the only part in that entire performance at the very end when there's that kind of off time that right did i play this song was i yeah, on you were on there it was a machine head song machine head man mm-hmm. no memory <laughs> <laughs> like i cannot picture myself as uh how old were we, we were like 20 oh shit no, 17, 20, no 18, way 19 yeah teens yeah. teens yeah whoa yeah 17 18 area had to have been just That's starting wild. out i mean this was before any of this i was a virgin were you oh yeah oh my god oh yeah virgin <laughs> i was like 19 when that happened oh no so. i don't want okay <laughs> <laughs> i told you this the other day what about losing my virginity oh. Don't, don't. <laughs> Damn it. Now just I want to know. Just don't. Okay. So I'm going to throw this out there. 
this is probably going to have a lot of editing because sure. we're probably going to talk about stuff that I don't really want everybody to hear. Normally, I would ask, but I've already dropped a couple. Is it cool to cuss? Fuck no. All right. Hey, man. No, man, cuss away. All right. So also, I don't have anything written for this. I just figured we'd probably have a lot of catching up. Do you yeah. guys ever get I, I didn't boogers? Like, I know everyone gets boogers, but <laughs> I don't. Like, I get really <laughs> tiny, hard ones on the oh. inside of, like, the... It's just so annoying. I feel like and all day... hair like, out when you get a, when I can do just this. See, you can't... People can't hear what I'm doing, but... Just right he has here his on thumb the, in his nose, yeah. and he's curling just it, trying bit, to get that little. Say how far my ball. thumb. Say how far my thumb is in he my is nose. He's going in roughly. Uh, it bears. three sixteenths of an inch. I feel like I if you know. breathe hard, you but, can get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> but they're so hard they get stuck to three fourths inch inside of not three fourths inch inch. No, it says three sixteenths. It's t it's just a barely in right. there. Yeah. I just scrape it in the morning and it's a, enough to be like ew gross. Impressed. And then like an hour later they're back. Yeah, it's like how did they har get there and harden so quickly? Have you ever known anyone know. to have that nasal cavity like I'm sorry professionally cleaned out? No, but I want to do it. Yeah, let's all do it. Seriously, like the amount of junk that we have in our sinus cavities. Do, you, do they do it with water? No, like, a suction, I guess. Whoa. I knew a girl that she had kind of like a deviated septum. Yeah, that's what Rusty has. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, and they would they would clean all this out. I mean, and you think like when you blow your nose that you could breathe better? No. No, wait until they go up there and suck it out. Dude, I want to get mine sucked. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Let's Don't all go get all, sucked buddy. together. <laughs> Don't we all? Dude, I was just telling my family about this the other day. That Getting I sucked? I know. <laughs> I know, but, uh, and I don't know if Scott, if this was you or other Scott, but we played a show one time where after the song, and it was it was a really long song, and I get up to the microphone and I said, we like them long and hard. <laughs> and Rusty goes, ooh, gross, dude. <laughs> And I, I was shocked. I was like, oh, man, I just said that. Like, <laughs> it's like, sorry, we're talking about dicks. I mean, songs. <laughs> That's what she said for real. And, oh, my God. Uh, I was totally unaware that I did that on stage. Oh, that's fun. He like them long and hard and intricate. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you listening oh. to nowadays, fellas? I don't know. Great question. Podcasts. Podcasts yeah. 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 Podcasting, lots of classical music for me. Do you? Yeah, but I can never name them. If you were to like say, "What's your favorite classical?" Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm really bad at that too. I don't know any of them. No names of songs or like I can't categorize it. Well, it, but I love it all. They fucked up. They didn't call them songs. They were pieces. Yeah, you know? and they didn't have song titles like "Burn My Eyes" or something like that. <laughs> these are like, catchy songs. Yeah, yeah, these are like Mozart something something something, and then there's some fancy words Fifth in there. Symphony. Yeah. Totally. In D minor or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. D minor. Yeah, but lots of podcasts, though. That's what I do, too, man. I'm, I got kind of stuck on sports radio for a while. Got tired of the dick and fart jokes. Started listening to podcasts, something that's a little bit more, like, intellectually stimulating. Intellectual dick and fart jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think the dick and fart jokes went anywhere. But yeah, man, that and just, you know, super heavy deathcore stuff, but that's kind of like going away. I noticed, like, I listen to... What do your kids listen to? Uh, 
I don't let my five year old son listen to uh, any kind of heavy music. I don't. I think at that age it'd probably be more stressful than anything. But Addison, my my daughter, yeah, we listen to metal together. That's I, cool. I got her listening to Spirit Box and uh, Slaughter to Prevail, so she knows who they are. But then again, you know, she's a YouTube kid. They grew up with access to all that, so I watch it. It ends up on the feed, and she's like, "What's this? Oh, cool! That's what Daddy was watching." <laughs> So, do you even know who those are? No. Wow. Not a yes. clue. Okay. So, yeah. are you out of metal? Like you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of metal. Yeah. You're just completely out of metal. Yeah. I feel like uh, the last couple years that we were even playing in the band, it was like I started to kind of shift away from. You know, I was probably never fully in metal. I liked Metallica a you lot. You were into guitar. Yeah. yeah. And I liked Metallica a lot. Yeah. But to say that I liked metal, that would in- include so much of that genre that I never, I never was probably in it, never really inside of it. But I would appreciate the melodies of certain songs of other bands. And and now looking back at some, a lot of Metallica I don't like now, but the the earlier stuff I still like. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we were really inspired and into Opeth, yeah. like the melodies and stuff like that. So I guess if yeah. it was metal and had a lot of good use of melody, whether it was guitar harmonies or, you know, yeah. I don't know, some layered vocals. Their chord progressions always were wicked. Yeah. And I, I wished I had uh, disciplined myself to learn some of that stuff before I kind of left the music a little bit because there was so much in Opeth that was just that always made me go what <laughs> what how does that fit after that yeah. how does that work musically but it it does and it's uh it's always very cool did so I had a buddy who played guitar and he had that same feeling about Lamb of God there was some things that the guys in Lamb of God would do like as far as chord voicings or I don't know what the fuck it's called but you know it was different than just other guitarists playing metal. Right. And so... Yeah, just not the standard yeah, riff. Yeah, but riff it was type. like it was like advanced metal for some folks. Yeah. And I guess, is that what Opeth was for you guys? Uh, I don't even know if I would call it... Like, I wouldn't call it metal because I heard different things in it. And I didn't listen to enough of it to keep it going. But what I heard was just progressions <laughs> that I could Yeah, we're, we're talking like the Orchid album. Mostly, I think. You and I jammed okay. a lot. The one that had the orchid, <laughs> yeah. orchid flower on the front. Yeah. Because that was long songs, and there was a lot of you know, metal, and then it goes into a, a clean guitar, and then some weird, ooh, weird yeah. like, background layer Gregorian vocals. chant sort of sound. Some stuff. weird stuff. Yeah. but Tibetan throat singing? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You guys should start a band. (laughs) (laughs) There are metal bands that do that. Yeah. Yeah, We saw saw that band not too long ago. Uh, The Who? H U? Oh, yeah. They they came through. Yeah. Yeah. Saw them. Took some photos of them. Also, Brent, do you still play guitar? Did you come in with a guitar? I I brought a guitar and I pick it up every now and then. And I always think I'm going to do something great. And then I I don't ever do something great. (laughs) But, but, um, not yet. Uh, yeah, not yet. So you're playing is falling off. Playing is definitely falling off. Yeah. But, uh, I still feel it in me as if it's, it's not gone. It's just, it's just dormant. (laughs) And, um, but is that guitar or is that music in general? Because I feel like you have you have the ability to have the output 
almost anywhere. Yeah. You are comfortable with guitar, but I feel like you could probably pick up a piano or bass or, you know, anything and, and make, make something happen. I would say it's all dormant as far as making it a practice that's a regular practice. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only way I think I would ever be able to create something and actually make it be something that I, that matters to me is if I first make it a regular practice. Sure. And that's something that I definitely struggle with because I enjoy it when I do it, but I don't say, oh, I'm going to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it, it never manifests sure. to a, a, a ritual, you know. So that's something that I struggle with in like multiple aspects of my life is making it a routine. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I if I can conquer that challenge, then I think I could make it uh, part of my life. And I do want to do that, but I have never I have never done it so far. <laughs> so yeah. it, it also helps to have friends that uh, are interested in that because it keeps you like when you have band practice on Tuesday, then, oh, definitely. you know, that keeps you going it keeps, keeps you in check keeps yeah. you, and you can't yeah. play shit then yeah you get called out on it well that too yeah and after moving to los angeles i really didn't ever connect with anybody that was musical like I've, I've met a lot of film people and uh you would think that a lot of them dabble in music and some of them might but i've i didn't look for that connection and i haven't it's never been something that's overwhelmingly been there yeah so i just haven't made those friendships and so you kind of you lose that, you know, but it's weird. I pick up a guitar and there's, there's things that come, you were talking about memory a while ago and there's things that come back to me and I'm like, I can't believe I can still do this and I can't do it as well as I did, but it's still, the, the URL is still there and I can still <laughs> amaze myself that something is still working, but if I had kept it up, then I know that it would make me a lot happier. Sure. So, so it's a little bit of a... You know, I don't know what what you call it. It's 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 something that's there. It's dormant, and there's remnants of it that still want to seep out that are boiling over. And um, and it's gonna explode one day. I I do feel like that is possible, and 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 I want that to be the case. And I feel like when it does, it's gonna be like, whoa, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a feeling that you would just you could just put out like an entire solo album just out of nowhere. Yeah. And it would probably be really, really good. Yeah, I think I think. But I, I also can see you taking a very long time with it. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. being fully it happy. Says, and... says the guy who just last week showed me his. This is Rusty. I'm talking about. Showed me his solo album, and I was fucking blown away. And then afterwards, he says, "Yeah, but I'm gonna re-record all of it." <laughs> God, I was like, "What? No!" So speaking of taking forever. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing because I, I, I kid you not, it was probably, I don't know, it was like a, maybe a year ago. It was during the lockdowns and everything like that. And this is when I was joking earlier. I was saying to my kids, hey, I used to be really cool. You want to see some of my friends? And, um, you know, I used to play drums in band and be really, really cool and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, right. But I, I found your YouTube channel oh, yeah. and there yeah. were things on there. And I, I recognized that Protest the Heroes song. Or Sequoia, and and I was blown away. I was like, "Holy moly!" I remember sitting in your grandma's house, and you showing me that song for the first time. And it's—I mean, imagine the first time you hear that song, you're just like, "Oh my gosh, this is music salad. It's everything at once, all the time, right now." And I'll be darned if you can't recreate it almost to the T. And I was just—I was like—I was sitting there with my daughter. I was like, "Man, I'm so proud of that guy." Like to know, because I, you know, I love—I lived it. I knew 
whenever you were showing me that song, and then now you could completely recreate it and sing it to a T. And that guy, his range is incredible. And Stupid. I was just like, man, I left music a while back, but that motherfucker kept at it. And now look what he can do. Yeah. And I was proud of you. I was really proud of you. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's move on. All right. <laughs> okay. alone. Leave me alone. But no, I wanted to say thank something. You. No, like, that's good, though. That's I feel oh, the same you. way about. Absolutely. It's crazy watching him. I know whenever we were growing up, obviously Metallica was a huge influence on us playing. But I remember like whenever you started getting into like Satriani and stuff and you started getting into Yingve Malmsteen and all sorts of things. I was like, this guy's not satisfied with just the music part of it you're dissecting this shit and thinking about things that I'm not hearing back here beating on these old ass drums. Oh, dude, that's crazy hearing that from your perspective. Yeah. And so like whenever I left and I always had this kind of peripheral uh, view of you guys, especially, you know, when this is going on, I'm pointing up to your CD release party plaque from curtain club. The wood. And, yeah. And, um, I mean, just the growth that I saw in the things that y'all had written, it was, it was really, really awesome. But whenever you say, you know, that uh, after a while, you just kinda, it just kind of goes away, goes away. I think with me personally, it kind of just goes away and goes away as well. I wouldn't be, I don't know if you're not ashamed of it or anything like that, but it is weird how you just kind of turn around when someone asks you, are you still playing? You're like, no. Well, this is a huge thing with me. I feel like uh, it's such a part of an identity when you're growing up and it you're is. playing music. Like that's, Dude, everyone from high school, every, like every friend that you have, every family member, every extended family member, the first thing they want to say is, you're the guy hey, in that band. you're the guy in the band. How's, your, how's the band going? Still playing? Yeah. And it's, a, and it's like it becomes you. Yep. And then whenever it, whenever that, whenever you move on from it, it is like, whoa, like who am I now? Mm -hmm. And it, it is weird trying to place your new footing away from it. You know, so it's it's not shame all the time, but sometimes maybe it is or it's it's this shame that you like you gave it up and maybe you shouldn't have or there's a lot of emotions wrapped up in that. Yep. And then you pick it up and you wonder, am I doing this to be the people pleaser and mm -hmm. give people what they want from me or do I actually enjoy this? Right. And it it's depend on who is asking also. Yeah. Are you still playing? Like, oh, I don't want to tell them I'm not playing. Yeah. You know, I, I'd feel bad or that would be an embarrassing thing or a little bit of shame because of this one person because maybe they are still playing and you feel like, oh, I don't want to say yeah. that I'm not playing anymore. But It's always good just to be honest, but you learn that the older you get. And yeah. it's also one of those things that since it's still dormant, it's yep. like, I don't want to say no, I'm not playing because I know there's a part of me inside that's like, let me bring this to editing for a second. When I'm given a project to edit, say I have seven days to complete the final final. Well, the first five days, I haven't even touched the timeline. I'm just thinking about what I'm editing. Oh, no. It's so much. And that's that's not just me. That's uh, that's every editor that's I know. The business. That's what we do. Uh, every editor I know just sits down and they, they look at the footage and then they go and they drink their coffee and they smoke a joint or they go outside and they just they're thinking about how they're gonna do it and then and maybe sometimes we beat ourselves up during that process like oh i hate this footage or i don't even know what i'm gonna do and we just we think about everything we're not gonna do you know right and then on day five or six we sit down and within 20 minutes we've banged out the edit and it's like okay i'm done and that's kind of how i feel about mm. what could be happening 
musically over the course of the rest of my life as I'm sitting dormant with all of this shit going on in my head and maybe Rusty's right. Maybe at one point I will pick it up and think I'm not playing for anybody but myself and I don't need an audience and it's going to come out, you know, and I I hope that's the case. I want that because I want to hear it (laughs) because I feel like there is a fucking orchestra happening. Sure. Uh, I could could totally see, like I said, taking a long time. Like if you were to sit down and you start writing your album, you're consciously starting to write this album and you have a good vision, but it still might take a while. I could also see you just sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to do it. Now's the time. But you don't have any ideas. You just put a guitar in your hand or a MIDI keyboard or something, and you get the first session open, and I can just see you working for the next several days in a row. Just It's just all coming out, just pouring out all this built-up stuff. And it just comes together. And then you like the eighth day or something, you just lay back in your chair and you hit play and you listen to the whole thing. You're like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like I how totally it's the eighth day. It's like one day longer than God. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking in my mind that scene from Castaway where he's like, I, man, have created fire. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. Well, that, I, that actually fits today's expressions. It would be a fire album, right? Yeah. Fire. That's fire. Well, let me ask you, because I'm interested as well, because you're still playing, you're still recording, you're still doing all the stuff that, you know, what keeps you going? Why are you do it? I just like hearing stuff. Yeah. I, if I'm listening to music these days, it's either something brand new that I haven't heard or something old that I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Or it's something that I'm working on that I enjoy listening to. And I'll, I admit that I would listen to it like five or six times over back to back. Just, you know, something's going to come out as, oh, I need to fix that. I need to fix this. Really like that. And then sometimes it's just listening to enjoy it. And it's, I've always felt that way where I wanted to write something because I want to listen to it. I want to jam it. It's not like I'm writing this and I hope you enjoy it. I, I do hope you enjoy it, listener out there. But I also want to enjoy it myself. I like listening to the stuff that I do, and that's why I write stuff is because I like the way it sounds. Is it cathartic? Like, do you ever feel like if you don't do it, you'll get, like, music blue balls or something? Whoa. Not really. No? No, I just feel bad that I haven't played. You're not I mean, exercising I've, I've hardly, the demons or nothing? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, I haven't played much this week at all. I've missed the last two Friday Night Riff weeks that I usually do a video on Fridays. I've just been doing a lot of work at the house and working at work and sidebar sidebar on that sorry to jump in you gotta i was just thinking this you gotta have a an intro to friday night riffs like a like a four Mm. second like here's what's gonna happen friday night riffs you know like like just a a jingle a jingle and then then get into it your production i love it your intro on there i feel like i'm on an actual show yeah hey this is a show hey hey i love it so guys what's next what happened to your voice? <laughs> like, why are you talking, are you like talking that about? <laughs> it's Dude, my it's, show. It's weird. I made a comment when we first hung out that uh, Moberly's voice is different. I haven't seen Moberly in 15 years, guys, yeah. and he, his voice is different. But now, after being on this podcast for however long, uh, now it's normalized. Now this is you now, and I, really? I yeah, it sounds like yeah, now I even, I'm used to it. I meant to highlight that that Brent and Scott have not been in the same room in what, how many years? Well. Uh, it's it, maybe it's only like ten or something, but before that ten year mark, there was a large gap was before a large, it. Yeah, so it's I think it's been like fifteen years since we've hung out and chatted. So crazy. I remember 
it was probably 12 years ago when we were uh, when we saw each other last, and then before that was probably the the either a last show or a CD release oh, party geez. or something. So yeah. even whenever I saw you and got to hang out with you, you're saying hello to 500 something people. And yeah. So it was very quick. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? And um, obviously it's it was your night, so I wasn't gonna be like, you have to hang out with me. <laughs> right. 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 Not not a lot of time for hugs and yeah. and stuff. So yeah. Unless you're a girl. Yeah. Titties. <laughs> Hey, he's just saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say this, though, because, like, talking to you two guys and, and thinking about what we could possibly talk about in preparation for today, you know, I felt like whenever I left mandatory that you guys were why did you leave well sorry to interrupt i don't i don't remember (laughs) you left yeah yeah that's another yeah leave like we we kicked you out did we kick you out i don't even remember i don't know i don't remember it doesn't matter it wasn't like a mean thing we weren't mad at each other or anything but i I went on to go do other bands it's because of brad was it brad Wait. Oh, did, oh, because y'all didn't want Brad, Brad in, and Brad was gonna play bass, but he didn't have a bass. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There was a very big miscommunication. Yeah. But Wait, that's why you weren't in, though. I don't know. Was no, it? I think so. I think it's because you. No way. I'm not saying just you. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the subject of Brad not having a bass and being able to play bass for us. I think you guys went to the same school, right? Yes. So you guys were more at that time. I think you guys were more buddied up we were and like best friends I think in it was school like, yes yeah, yeah. i think it was always like a team thing like well man i'm gonna go do something that with is him so instead. weird but we were a team we we had <laughs> yeah, we've known each man. other since we were three I, so uh, i can't imagine that being I, well uh, school man high school i and, changed jerseys in the middle of the game apparently dude, kids yeah. are so stupid <laughs> we were, <laughs> but sorry. No, i wanted to go say ahead. this though and but like i whenever i went off and did the other bands and i was thinking to myself like look, looking back because i've thought about this myself you know because uh, playing in bands and everything it was a lot of fun but it did come at a great cost and is it worth it? Would I do it again? I don't know. When y'all were getting into Joe Satriani and Yingve Malmstein and y'all were listening to Opeth, I was listening to Limp Biscuit and yeah. going the other direction. Yeah. Right? And I don't know why. Like, because... Because it was the jam, It dude. was. It was the jam. And, you know, I, I don't know. But I went the easy route. Like, seriously, when I look back on my musical career and my ability and everything... I, I did away with drum lessons and practice and theory and everything like that. And I was just like, hit stuff hard, you know, <laughs> uh, be flashy, uh, make big movements. Uh. That, dude, that is so, I remember that. I remember when we were like deep in Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets and, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, you were listening to like Corn and Limp Biscuit and stuff. And I remember feeling this rift creatively where I was like, I don't want to play what he wants to play. <laughs> like it was a thing where I, I probably built up a, I mean, I can see how tension was created back then because of that, because I felt that and I was probably fighting against that, but not knowing how to voice those conflicts and maybe that somehow creates a rift where we don't know how to resolve it and then it just ends up with somebody leaving or somebody getting angry and saying something they shouldn't have said or whatever wait did i say something i shouldn't have said oh, i don't know no no yeah I, no. <laughs> I don't remember i don't remember anything i just remember feeling man we lost a good drummer 
you know, and, we, oh. and my best friend, <laughs> you know, that I've known like oh. forever. And, uh, and I do, and maybe that was the beginning of the end of like us not hanging out, which age, age will tear. This is like a coming of age story. You know, we grew up, uh, knowing each other since we were three and right. then the band might've been the catalyst for you and I not continuing that friendship. But it also, if there was no band, it would have been like, you know, some girl or whatever would have got between us because of age, you know? Yeah. So whatever, you never know. But it's just interesting to think about, like, we our friendship ended, not ended, but it detoured because sure. of creative differences. <laughs> <laughs> but you wished each other all the luck on your future endeavors, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and here I, we are! I'm just saying that because every time any band separates with a member... That fucking sentence is oh, yeah. in their departure thing. Yeah. To announce the new oh. member of our band, we wish such and such uh, luck when all his future endeavors. It's always the, the same wording. Like, it. It's just like an inside joke to me because I every time I see oh. a separation, that phrase is always in there. Yeah. So I have to poke fun every time that I see it. Gotcha. Still see it. But yeah, man. What if what if music wasn't uh, wasn't there? What if you guys were see, video editors? Hold, can, can I just say that movies, dude? Being in a band at that age for me was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. I agree. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't know how to explain this, but I was not a confident kid in high school. But being in a band gave me that energy where I was like, I'm doing something different. Music is so important to some people as children, as high school kids or middle school kids or whatever. It gave me something that I didn't have before. And so you guys and the other guys that were in the band and everybody, that is such a special place to me and special energy to me, you know? When were you working at Studio Movie Grill? I started Studio Movie Grill in about 2000. It was right after 9-11-ish, so like 2002 maybe. Yeah. I noticed a big change in your personality after you started working there. So I bet the band combined with that because yeah. i felt like you yeah you were a little bit more your interests were pointing elsewhere more introverted i guess for the most part and then you started becoming a little bit more yeah. blossomed in your personality and open you know, that's true like yeah open dialogue with anybody that you encounter i never thought about it like that yeah that was just an interesting place to work because there was about 60 other people my age and I, for whatever reason, got along with everybody there. And I was like top dog at that restaurant and was able to go to parties after work and socialize with people. And that's where I met my girlfriend and lost my virginity. So, yeah. yeah. So that was a cool time. I think that probably did help, too. But a lot of those people came to shows mm -hmm. and it was like I was still a star amongst that group, you know, because right. I played in a band. And if yeah. I didn't have the band, then I don't know. It, it The band was everything to me, you know. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for those times. I think some kids need that shit. Sure. I, I went to a private school with very small class size, and I think that, like, there was a lot of social immaturity. I might have been getting good grades and all that stuff better at that school than I would have at a public school, but socially, I was very inept. So to be in a band where I could, like, branch out of that and be accepted, and, man, that gave me everything I needed at that time. So that's cool. I remember yeah. watching you on stage, knowing you as my friend before this and just how fucking crazy demonstrative you were on stage. <laughs> 
And I go, that's got to be a fucking act. That's that, gotta, that's there's a no force way. to be reckoned with. No, like that's, I was like, holy crap. Dude, I don't even know. I mean, I wish I could see it because I don't mm. even know. I don't remember it. Stage, and... Fuck you, motherfuckers. You like them long and hard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Your stage persona was It reminds me was, of that Adam uh, guy vibrant. From, from Kill Switch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. You've always reminded me of that guy. I don't know who that is, but that sounds cool. He sounds like uh, he's a goof on stage, but he is <laughs> all he is over the, the stage and he yeah, he will talk in every single microphone and Yeah. Well, very in your face. Yeah, I got to say, it's probably a good thing we didn't make it because I feel like that. I don't know this guy, but my personality, if we had been super successful, dude, I would have been the first one to OD and screw <laughs> every prostitute oh there God. was. And just I would I would be dead. <laughs> I oh would not God. be here. No, 100 percent. I would be. So it's a good. But now you have to pull me off of all of them first. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would have drug y'all through the the hell of everything. But I um, would have written a book about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would have, what's the age where all of them die? 27 or 26? When do all the rock stars die? I think it's 27. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 25 to 30 No, range. I think it's 27, isn't it? I, don't, I think it's 27. Kurt Cobain there. killed himself? Yeah. And that's where, all, like, yeah, so many of them. Hendrix and all, I, maybe we're wrong about all of them. I don't we know. We could be but, totally wrong. Maybe they're not dead. But it's good. But now, now I could make it. So now I got <laughs> I got to learn how to play number, again. so. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what's weird? Well, what's the doubled number? <laughs> 53 and a half? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Man. It's probably something funny and good. Two below zero. What? Oh, wait. Yeah. What the? What are you doing to me right now? What about, what was dog flower? No, wait. Two. Oh, oh wait. What was that? <laughs> Holy shit. That was you, wasn't it? No. 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 Well, that, that was, was you. you. It was me? Yeah. <laughs> that, hold on. <laughs> Accessing random memory. I feel like that was an album you had. Was, was it? it? I thought it was a band name. Or like, oh, could have been. No, that was New Hat. New Hat. <laughs> New Hat. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> no, New. Okay, maybe that's what Dogflower was too. No. Oh fuck. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yes, we've right. accessed it. No, yeah, that was it. That was it. No, these were guys. Uh, this dude named Jeremy, and what's his name? Michael something or another. And I was gonna play drums. This guy named Jeremy was gonna play bass. And Michael, what's his fucking name? We had the same girlfriend. Jackson. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was going to be that side project. And then that spun off, and he went off and did another three-piece called New Hat, which was, you know, popular in school. It didn't really do anything. Couldn't ever get out of Elm or anything like that. But, I mean, shit, you can go down there, and they were playing every freaking weekend. And, you know, they were they were popular. It was kind of like a pop-punk type thing, mm. kind of a comedy show <laughs> type deal. Yeah. It was three dudes, and uh, they were nice guys. There was two Michaels and another dude. Was this like, uh, when you say that, I think of a bowling for soup type. Uh, yeah. Was it similar? To, was, it, was that the essence of what it was? These were, these guys, their favorite band, like if you were to say uh, mandatory originated from the loins of Metallica, the new hat would have originated out of the loins of Green Day or something. Okay, yeah. And that... Do you have the time? Yeah. I mean, that was probably the stuff that we would practice. And that wow. was very... As far as me being a part of that thing, that didn't last long at all. I don't remember anything about it, to be honest. But that's interesting. I Because you are, wanted to break stuff tonight. Yeah, fuck, dude. Break I'll your tell fucking you what. face tonight! 
not. So, I mean, and, and kind of like circling ba- back to that point, because I was thinking about, and, and I'm thinking about everything that I did playing drums. And, you know, when I was in Fire Reel or I was in another band after that, you know, like, you know, uh, it cost a lot to be in those bands, you know, and I probably did some things that I probably wouldn't have done or shouldn't have done while I was in those bands. And I wonder if I would have done it again, but they are, they're incredibly valuable and they were huge parts of my life growing up. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, like you guys were playing more intricate stuff and I segued into like Deftones and, Mm -hmm. and, and Limp Bizkit type stuff. And, and I met these guys that I know we all went to school and everything. We started doing this other band and it got really big, really fast. And it was just the easy way though. And nothing against them or their ability to play because I think they're all great guys. And, and it, I can prove it by the things that they did after the band that we had. Yeah. I mean, they were doing f- incredible funk. I mean, it was awesome. Well, I feel like Deftones has gone on to prove themselves as like a worthy band in certain like like a lot of people love the Deftones. And I think they've inspired so many other bands that have a, this whole other genre. Absolutely. Uh, whereas I think Limp Bizkit has like fallen off of the it's parody. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a joke now. Right. But, you know, I think the, the biggest problem was kind of like what you mentioned a second ago. When you take a kid that's not playing any kind of team sports and you put him in a band, that's his team sport. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's one of four fucking star players, right? And everyone's like, hey, you know, I didn't know you before this, but I saw you at the talent show. Right. You're fucking awesome. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm like, me? <laughs> yeah. And just all the attention you give kids that didn't have all yeah. the attention all this attention all of a sudden and i'm not talking about friends i'm talking about girls yeah and i'm talking about i'm staying up real fucking late at night with people that i shouldn't be hanging out with and it was wild you know yeah but tell us more <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's how can i say it like well going back to the dudes that i used to play with they would they would you know they're great musicians but i feel like personally like when i'm hanging out with you two guys right i kind of feel like the old man out a little bit because i consider y'all or were or whatever you know great musicians like thinking about your instrument right and i was just kind of doing it to be like part of it and then once it got too much trouble i stopped and you know it was like cool. I like playing drums. I like meeting girls. I like staying up late and doing all this other stuff. But there was a tipping point where I was just Mm. like, this is too much trouble for what I'm getting out of it. Mm. And I didn't have that drive. That's kind of what I asked you, you know, if you're still playing and then what keeps you going, why do you still do it? Because that, I didn't have that kind of internal engine to that. That's an interesting thing that you're getting on. I was all reward, no work. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so you said something like when you were playing with us, you felt like the odd guy out to an extent because the intricateness of what we were dealing with. And it's like, this is weird from my perspective because I had you as a childhood friend that was in this band. And and then Rusty came along a little bit in my teenage years. And there was this intense musical connection. I would be able to commune. We could communicate I without it. without words, and I, and a lot of people witnessed it, and and I think that was what was very special about us playing together is that we were. It was a it was a communication pathway, 
and it tapped into my heart and soul in a way that I just never had felt. And I yearn for that. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a very special thing. It is. And, uh, and anyway, I don't know where that was going because I, I just missed that big time. I mean, I miss the, I miss all of everything. I'm just playing with you too. It's just that uh, that was something that was so unique, and uh, there's camaraderie and and creating something out of nothing. Yeah, playing it, performing it, recording it, revising it, honing it, making it better, and then giving it to other people to where they can enjoy it. This sounds like every fucking music podcast ever. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's like, yeah, I can totally sense whenever we met you, at Rusty. And you guys, I mean, being two guitarists and a drummer, right? I mean, you guys were writing things, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll put a beat to it yeah, or something yeah. like that. I mean, y'all would have a song written and then come to me, and I'd be like, okay, cool, I can do this. And then we'd gel a little bit and everything like that. But y'all would put in the work. I would just want the reward. Yeah. And I just specifically remember whatever we had riff-wise, I can remember playing something and looking at you and saying faster or slower and it was it was that so was easy was it that yeah. was yeah it was like okay you want me to double that okay cool you, you want to half that okay yeah. it was so easy so I vividly, even though you're playing something that you might think is easy there was still a lot yeah. of easy communication without even saying much sure where the, the vibe was felt and it was reciprocated sure i vividly remember you y'all two playing and i'm sitting there watching y'all two play and Rusty, it, the thing would come to the end of the four bars, and Rusty would go fast, <laughs> and then he would switch it up, and then you go slow. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, you know, I know that we kind of like we started different places, and then we all came together and everything. But I felt like we'd kind of like all started growing at the same time, you know. Or there was magic there for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And if, if regardless of where we were individually on our instruments, the um I had never been in a band before. None of us had. Yeah. And we were all learning what it was like to be in that creative process with other guys and do that. first. I know. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. That's why it's so crazy going over these things. I'm like Fucking dog flower. What the yeah. fuck? Oh, That's two below crazy. zero. What was that? Yeah. Oh, do you remember? I don't remember. I remember you saying it a bunch. No, you said it a bunch. Me? Yeah. It was the password to whatever the hell we did out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that like, sounds weird. It does sound weird. No, we like we we you know how kids like we, this is going way back. We were like kids, and we had like a club. You know, it's back it's back in the age when you when you would think of like no girls allowed. You know, it yeah. was that sort of thing. We go out in the woods, and we had a password for our club. As if anybody ever wanted to hang out with us, they had to say two below zero. That was the password in our club, but I, nobody ever came. But you know, really, <laughs> our, our 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 home base was basically our collection of sticks. Like when we go out in the woods and we collect, like these are like these little bamboo sticks that we'd use for swords, and yeah. we'd go out there and we'd wipe out an entire field of the good ones. Yeah, and then we'd put them somewhere and we'd hide them. Like then we found a dress and we'd make up <laughs> yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, haunts, pumpkin head, pumpkin head, and yeah. all that stuff. That was the evil villain. That... Do you remember? Okay, this is one. When we were a little bit older, you remember Jason next door and Michael yeah. the, on the other side. Yeah. So we were all out in the woods, and there was that kind of that pond or lake area. Yeah. Further back, uh-huh. uh, behind the other houses down the down the street, and uh, there was a a park bench there 
like kind of just the middle of nowhere. And I remember, you know where I'm going with this? I think so. We saw these folks out there. Fucking yeah. Whoa. Yep. That's Whoa. where I thought you were going to go. Yep. And I'm like, holy crap. I've never, like, but and was this was it? so young. I didn't realize what they were doing. Wait, but hold on. My memory of this is us going out there and looking from a distance, right? Yeah. And it was just a blanket out there. My mind has blocked out that there was actually people on the blanket. Yeah. I remember I remember everyone saying, they're fucking, they're fucking. And I was like, what what do you mean? What is that? What, what is that? What, what is that? that yeah, we had no mean? idea. But I didn't but I but my memory is just the blanket. Yeah. But you're but you remember people there. So there might have there might have been people fucking. There was some girl on her back, she had no pants on, he was laying on top of her. Wow. Yeah. That's well, all I they're remember. asleep. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what are they doing in the middle of the fucking field in the middle of the day? Yeah. And Jason and Michael came and got us and we were like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Like seriously, like I just had Brent over so he could beat Super Mario 3 for me. I couldn't <laughs> fucking do it. So he would do it. <laughs> Dude, speaking of that, which is so funny because we have all these memories, I know, of, yeah. of the woods and picking up sticks and making these videos and, and riding bikes and stuff. Yeah. I was talking to my parents the other day and just talking about the subject of memory, yeah. right? My parents have no memory of us doing that. The only memory my parents have of me, or they, they might have a lot, but in the sake of this conversation, they just remember me playing video games. I, I was a kid that never went outside, mm. which is hilarious to me because I... I have so many memories of us doing everything we've been talking about, going out in the woods and yep. like me wanting to fish with you and you not wanting to fish. <laughs> You're like, I hate fishing, Brent. I used to drag him out to come fishing. I suck at fishing. <laughs> it's just funny because they're just like, you just play video games all the time, well, and which sense. is true too. I did play a lot of video. We both did. Yeah. But like that wasn't all that was there. But yeah. some people just, they remember things the way they remember them. And that's, yeah. that's interesting to me. Well, I would say that, you know, for uh, it will probably make sense that, you know, a lot of the things that you and I remember, you know, your parents were just around. They weren't experiencing it like you and I were. Right. Um, you know, they certainly weren't, you know. They weren't out in the woods with us. Yeah, they weren't out in the woods with us. Yeah. And, and, you know. Well, sometimes my dad might have been watching from like... <laughs> Like far away, it's just like you know the robot over there, just like looking, checking on his kids. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Scanning. Now, can I ask you? And not that like I'm not steering the ship or anything. Can I ask you? You went out to L.A. for school. No, I, I went to school here, University of North Texas. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you In went Denver. here, but then why did you go to L.A. to be closer to the business? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean film uh, studies. So like. Uh, that's where all the movies are made is Hollywood, California, sure. you know? So, yeah. Addison and I, Addison's my daughter, we watched this show called Critical Role. It's a um, D&D role-playing podcast type web series I got on YouTube. And they're all voice actors. Yeah. They, that's all they do. And um, and I was watching this thing where they a lot of them are from Dallas, Texas. Yeah. But they go out to L.A. and they said, you know, hey, if you want to be in this business, they don't have to be in L.A., but a lot of places are going to require that you can come down and do this take, you know, yeah. or do this session over and over and over and over. So if you have if you want to be serious about it, you got to go there. Yeah. Well, who knows now with COVID how that is playing out? Yeah. I know that I would have had to gone to L.A. to get the gigs I've had at some point. Um, it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. Like if you, if people don't see you, they forget about you and then you're not getting the next gig, you know, but now hopefully we can kind of go anywhere with things. Uh, 
but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird place. People want to feel like they know you, and you know you have to be there. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. <laughs> you know. So can I ask what 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 did you work on? Like what were I know you were on Pink's. Oh pinks. yeah, that was a fun show, man. Yeah, that Pink so show. What else did you do? Uh, right now I'm doing some trailers for Netflix. And That's right. Okay. They'll just kind of throw things at me. It's weird. You never know what you're gonna get. Like you just get an email saying do this and. You do it, and it can be a cooking show, or uh, the last movie trailer I did was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I can't. I guess I shouldn't say if it's good or bad. So but you, it was bad. But are you are you <laughs> licensed or contracted under Netflix, or you you're strictly independent? And they just is it like a do you want this gig or yes, it's strictly okay. independent. Okay, uh, so I'll take on. That's one of the good things about COVID is that you know. I've been able to work at home at the moment and take on multiple projects. So right mm-hmm. now I'm doing projects with uh, Netflix plus some other things. And that's hopefully that can continue. And that's more income, which is always good. Uh, and rates have gone up for independent contractors in editing and any post-production. Because everyone's at home on their own equipment. And people, right. like, if, if my coworkers can charge more, so can I. <laughs> so yeah. right. Yeah, it's a level playing field at that point because everybody's yeah. in the same position pretty much. Right. Unless uh, someone's producing something of higher quality somehow that someone else can't, then... Right. And the thing to watch out for, I guess, is that there are, you know, th- the movie studios are never probably going to get to a place post-COVID where they're going to trust people enough uh, to have footage out of house. So if there's a big right. Tom Cruise movie that's shot... They're not going to hire someone in Dallas and send them the footage before that rele- is released to edit. Sure. Because it could be leaked. And then you sign in and sign out. <laughs> no matter the NDA you've signed or whatever, they're not going to trust that process. Yeah, sure. Right. You're ruining a multi million dollar release date. And so those big budgeted things are still going to be edited in house on the lot. Uh, or not the lot, but in, in the editing bay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I mostly don't. I mean, I never do that stuff anyway. I do mostly. Uh, promos and trailers and uh which for netflix they're fine with that stuff being contracted out which is amazing because that's kind of i mean i'm getting all the footage of the movie anyway you know before it's released so so i I don't know i've always wondered about that i don't know if i've asked you that before but like when you're doing a trailer for something you have the entire thing to work with or they give you like hot points to pick from so uh so you always get the full movie and you get what's called splits or stems. So you'll get the dialogue tracks mm. soloed out, yeah. the effects tracks soloed out, and the music tracks soloed out. And uh, yeah, you're you're going in and just reconstructing. You know, I, for the first thing I do is I look at the dialogue audio track. I don't even watch the movie. I just listen to every line ever ever spoken and I will create my in and out points and subgroup everything of relevance. And sometimes I just pick up sounds that I think, oh, I can use that sound of somebody. Like a lot of times I need S sounds, like huh. the end of sound. Like I need that to make something else plural <laughs> later on. So I'm, I'm constantly, like I don't even know what the movie is about yet. I'm just listening to every bit of dialogue and thinking of different storylines I can create from that. And then I'll go in and listen to just the sound effects. And if there's a cool explosion or if there's a cool whatever, I'll grab that and log that. 
and I do the same thing with the music tracks. And then I go in and watch it <laughs> and say, oh, this is a good movie or a bad movie or whatever. Wow. And just kind of enjoy it for what it is. A lot of time. You said it a minute ago. You would say you would have seven days to work on something. You'd spend the first five just brainstorming what the hell to do. Yeah. So whenever we're watching a trailer, is this kind of like... How do you have an artistic interpretation of what that trailer should be? Always, yeah. And they either yay or nay yours, or they go, "eh, we like this other guy's trailer better." Um, all of that is possible. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I I always definitely. It sucks when you don't have a direction that you want to go. Like you just you're watching it and you're like, I hate this movie. <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to create a stupid trailer. Yeah. The people at Netflix are great. They usually uh, have a lot of input before you even jump in to watch it. And the, as far oh, as direction, get this. So I, I can talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like the entire movie is about uh, a these liberals from Austin that move to uh, are not moved, but they want to take a business into the, the countryside and they're dealing with rednecks and Confederate flags and all this stuff. Right. Uh -huh. Well, that's what, that's what the movie is. Right. But in the trailer, we can't show any Confederate flag stuff. So um, can you imply that it's like a, a, those two dynamics like, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of implication uh, that you can, that you can kind of, amplify i guess um but i can't i for this one i couldn't show that i also couldn't show in in texas change the massacre there's a lot of transgender issues because leatherface is putting on women's clothing right so right uh, and you know he's pretending to be his mom in this movie and right. so uh i can't show they're very sensitive about that for promotional use so netflix would come out ahead of time and say these are the things to avoid ah, so i okay. know when watching it okay this i'm not going to take this storyline i'm not going to i can't show these frames of this you know so it's very helpful to know what to avoid when you're creating a trailer because i probably would have made it the most racist trailer ever it's <laughs> <laughs> interesting Interesting though that, I mean, so like whenever face. you watch, whenever you watch a trailer, that's someone's interpretation of sitting and stewing on the movie, right? Uh, I mean, given basic direction. Yeah, I mean, they can be very formulaic. Yeah. You know, you have to. T I mean, you're gonna have to tell the story at some point, and there's only so many sound bites that are going to do that in an order that you would want to see them told. So if you told if you told 10 editors to make the same trailer, you're going to have as long, assuming all the editors are have been doing this for a while and they're all savvy and everything. You're going to have similar trailers, but there's going to be some differences along the way that make them unique to each each person. I see. Um, the thing is, is that version one is usually the best version. <laughs> okay. Like, and then you get a lot of notes and then it becomes more and more and more like everyone else's, uh, like, like, I guess what I'm saying is if you had 10 editors, all of them, it would be unique in very cool ways usually. And then as you progress, it's almost as if all of them became one. <laughs> you're, going, you're going through the same filter with somebody making the decisions. Like, oh, I don't like that part. I like this. Let's focus on this instead of focusing on that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And then, oh, let's go back to how you had it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's always that. You're right all along. But there's all. I'm wrong usually... a lot of times, but uh, there is that. I've... I just find it interesting because there's like, um, you know, anymore, some of these huge blockbuster movies or video games, they all have their own trailers now. And whenever they do like trailer reveals, yeah. these are big, like people get hard-ons for these things, right? Yeah. And 
I mean, just it's interesting to hear what kind of work goes into making that. I mean, if you're getting the whole movie, you're like, I know how it ends, motherfuckers. It's not that great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What's, what's funny is like, Growing up, I used to love trailers. That was like the best part of going to the movies. Yeah, singular. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's because I made them now or what, but I I actually appreciate going into a movie blind now. I don't want to see the trailer. I want to go in not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know, I, I guess it, trailers kind of ruin it for me now. Also, when I watch trailers, they're all the same. They're, they all use the same sound effects libraries. It's all those thud sounds. Oh, you know, like you see and, the same formula yeah, over and over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, very rare is it to see a trailer that I'm even interested in ever seeing the movie. It doesn't. It doesn't sell it for me anymore. So I kind of have this hate for the art that I do. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you just criticize it heavily. You're, you're watching a trailer like somebody else would watch a movie. You're, but I, you're yeah. judge, judge, judging it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, I, and I just can't understand why anyone would actually go see it. In any movie, in any trailer, I'm like, oh, why would you go? Like, I'm never appreciating even my friends. I, you know, it's funny. I'll go on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh, good job. <laughs> and they actually did do a good job. I'm not criticizing them. But on the inside, I'm like, another trailer. <laughs> you know, very rarely is it something. But, you know, I wish I did more feature length productions because I there's so much great editing in feature long movies. And you can be so much more creative telling a long story. And there's, it's that's not formulaic. There's a way to do that to make the movie better, to tell sure. that story. It's it's not the trailer is not an art. You know, I mean, I hate saying that because it can be. Okay. But for the most part, it's it's a cookie cutter sort of. It's creative, but it's not. Yeah, it's it it can be a creative art, but once you like I said, once you put it through the same filter, yeah, the the, the powers that be that yeah. say yay or nay. It's going to become a cookie cutter. The end result's always very similar. Yes. I see. I I mean, but it would be amazing if you saw a trailer and it was like, wow, I've never seen a trailer like that before, regardless of the movie and if the movie's good or not. But, you know, when does that ever happen? Usually you're just excited for the movie. It's a commercial. (laughs) Right. Right. But, you know. I would love to do a commercial that fucking makes you go, wow, I don't really want to see that movie, but that was a cool trailer. (laughs) Well, so let me ask you this then. So, I mean, I'm obviously never going to see the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't. (laughs) I'm obviously going to skip that one. You can, yeah. Um, But what have you seen that you do like? As a film guy, man, I'm stuck in the old. I'm, I'm an old man. I love. I like. You old say Back stuff. to the Future. I will hit you. Oh, I love Back to the I'm Future. Kidding. Bring it on. I'm kidding. No, man. I love. I mean, I like The Godfather. I like Taxi Driver. I like these old movies from the '70s. Um, I very rarely these days do I see a movie that I'm like that. That did something for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you think where you are with your position like where like the fact that you've made your hobby work and now you can never see work as fun again you know that's that's strong words it's it's fun but you know it's not i'm not a doctor i'm not saving lives and i feel like i i want to do that (laughs) not not hobby but like you had an interest and you use that interest to become a, a a a means in which to provide for yourself thus making it work correct right and my opinion is if you make anything work it's not fun anymore right or it can't be as fun as it would have been if you sure. hadn't made it a professional endeavor it shaves yeah. it shaves a little bit of fun off sure sure yeah, i sure. mean hell if i were a porno star you think i would enjoy having sex no it would be <laughs> it would ruin your relationship at home too probably yeah, yeah it would yeah kelly probably wouldn't like that 
Um, but like I was asking, like, you know, doing what you do, do you, I mean, obviously you see today's movies and everything right, right. in a different light than what you maybe would have. Oh, um, I think Rusty. I think so. Rusty thinks so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> think so. <laughs> he just loves Interstellar so much, and I. He always wants me to watch that movie, and I finally watched it, and I was like, eh, not the best movie. It is okay. Did you watch yeah, the new see, Dune? That's the thing is, it's, I didn't say it was the best movie. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. And I know how critical you are of movies, and I thought the subject it matter was good. like this might break through to him as like I enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that's, feel that's why I pushed that one out. It's a modern Back to the Future. Uh, no. It fucking is. No. Back to the Future is a sp- Back to the Future is almost a perfect movie. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> Did you have you seen Dune? I'm not like I'm not a huge Dune fan, but I saw that and I was like, "Holy shit. That's one of the coolest movies I've seen in a while." I haven't. I've seen it. Here's here's what I'll say about new movies and it's we just uh my family went to go see What is that movie we saw it yesterday? I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. The point is, Last all was it wasn't a good movie. It wasn't. It yeah. sucked. Texas it Chainsaw was. Massacre. <laughs> Movies today are shot for the most part. I'm talking about Hollywood cinema. I'm talking about the blockbusters. Hmm. They're shot for the trailer. They're shot for the purpose of using every shot to sell the movie. As if it's like I'm watching a trailer the whole movie. A two-hour long trailer. Right. And I fucking hate that. It, it makes me just cringe because they're not using the camera for the purpose of telling a story. They're using the camera to sell the movie that you're already watching. And the editor cutting the trailer, oh, they have so much to pick from. They, they can use any shot and stick that in the movie. I love beautiful cinematography just like the next guy. Interstellar is a beautiful shot movie. It's just that... You didn't like McConaughey? He was good. I don't think that whole scene when he's shoving the pencil through the piece of paper describing space-time to the other astronaut, unnecessary. I agree. Okay. And I think it's like there's a in in Nolan's movies there's like that three in Interception there's a there's a three things going on at once. I can't remember what it is in, now. Inception? Yeah. I uh, it's been a while I since I thought about this Inception. Interstellar. Inception. I, I, anyway, bottom line, I liked Interstellar. It was an entertaining movie. It was not a movie that made me go, huh, that's uh, that's making a comment about society that makes me think about the world. Then, you know, I, I want to sit there and stew in the meaning of it, but it doesn't sure. give me a stew. It gives me a, See, that, that's, a, a TV dinner. This is where, where <laughs> just like you raised the question about seeing movies differently, he's mentioned to me about Christopher Nolan's directing of you know like unnecessary shots and the way something is shot and i'm thinking no 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 the movie not the camera there is no camera this is a movie this is like someone telling you a story do you like the story yeah does it make your brain think about black holes and the possibility of time being linear and being able to access all of time when you access a certain point in the universe and thought-provoking things so it is thought provoking that that's eh. hard. That's hard to separate when you have a profession in something. That's just like me I have going the, into yeah, there's like, a bias. What do you think about this sink? You know, do you like this feature? And I'm looking at the plumbing going, it's that's not put in right or something. You know, I'm going to pick apart something else. I'm looking at the wrong part of it. Yeah. That's not what I'm being asked. I'm I just can't help but to see it for something else. When someone else sees it as a sink, I see everything else around the sink. And also the sink. 
Does that make sense? It makes total sense, and I'm aware of my my underlying bias. In this is, all we're of not this. calling you out for your bias or nothing. I was your just, bias. I was well, just I, curious. I get, no, I get called out because I I first of all I it's the same way with uh, with other friends of mine. Uh, I I am like they call me Squidward from the from I don't know if you're aware of the. You look nothing like Squidward. I know, but he I guess he's like a negative Nelly. Like he's like bro bro about every piece of whatever. And I'm that way about a lot of movies. I I, I most movies. Uh, are underwhelming to me and and uh but that's okay that's, that's totally okay but i i wish i didn't feel like that i w- the thing is i don't i don't i've never maybe as a kid i did movies can be entertaining and i think for most people that's where they want them to be is entertaining i don't care if i'm entertained so much it's nice but i want to respect something mm-hmm. i want to watch it and go wow, I look at my life differently now or i identify with that in a way i didn't expect to feel myself uh, whereas Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar, I'm watching the main character, and it's exactly the way that I predict any main character. Nothing against Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, he's, all right. He's a wonderful actor, but it's like it's like it, there's nothing special about that character that changes who who I am while watching it. Do you know what I like about these black holes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep... there's definitely some predictable things in there. In like a, I think you mentioned this before about the roles in most movies. Of I think it was back to the future possibly that was like a classic example of marty and doc uh, their relationship there's always like a mentor and yeah this uh, is hero of a thousand faces uh, yeah yeah joseph campbell it's every is an archetype every every character has a mythological role um and i man feed me go ahead no 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 (laughs) i want to know more i i would i i would need to reread a lot of that but it's basically it's it's the same thing in like star wars you have uh yoda would be the mentor character i don't i guess doc brown is is the considered a mentor character uh but not really. That's kind of it's a, like loosely affiliated. That's it's like a position. That's yeah. He definitely sends Marty on his journey. Marty's the hero, and because of Doc Brown, Marty is able to go do his thing. Yoda sends Luke to go and avenge his family legacy or whatever. Are you familiar with this um, second father type theory where we grow up and uh, we have our relationships with our fathers, but there's always a point where you kind of you know you become a man yourself you you're not so much under your father's wing anymore and you go out and you find yourself under the tutelage of another man or you're trying to earn his respect or something like that and it's not only it could be you know your father and a and a coach in like MMA or something mm, you know yeah, it's yeah. kind of where I, th- I think i heard this and i don't know whenever you were talking about marty mcfly <laughs> no it wasn't marty mcfly yeah Oh, hell, he's got his dad. Hell, he went back in time to save his dad's ass, didn't he? Yeah. But well, Doc, Doc Brown was his second dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way Maybe. to look at it. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think we all, I think every character does uh, mature past the, it's like you have this internal fight with yourself and the way you were raised to be a, your own man. Sure. And so you, at some point you battle the idea of your father. And then sure. become your father. <laughs> uh, I've seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an arc. I think that's the that's the hero's journey of all of the archetypes in a way. Yeah. Man, I couldn't talk about Joseph Campbell right now. I'd have to I really am your father. Really study up on that. But um, that's yeah. So man. what about Tommy Boy? That Buddy scene, films. That scene in Tommy Boy where he says, "Luke, I uh, into am. the fan." He's doing that. Yeah, but isn't that the 
biggest debated thing everybody always the Mandela says Luke. effect. Well, yeah, Luke, I am your father, but he doesn't say he Luke. He does not. He just says, I am your father. He says, right? What does he say? Uh, I, uh, I. Oh, no. Father. I am your father. Yeah. Yeah. He, he so said, why you killed is, him. So no. why is it in Tommy Boy? Um, Was that a mistake or did it really happen? And we hit that other timeline and things aren't lining up right. It definitely wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a mistake because there's so many script supervisors and people attached to multi-million dollar movies that they wouldn't have written it in the script. I mean, they might have originally written it in the script that way. But then whenever they're processing the movie, there's somebody coming along to say, hey, he didn't say that. Uh, I would be very surprised if it was a mistake for the movie. So that means... It could be that we entered a new dimension. <laughs> what was it? That was 2012, right? That when uh, we were supposed to all disintegrate yeah. or whatever. Or, of course, I... And we did. But... And started a new timeline. But this this happened before 2012 with the no, I am your father. Because I remember being in film school talking about the Mandela effect. Or not... It wasn't called the Mandela effect then, but it was just how everybody remembered things wrong oh, or yeah, different. Right, right. I don't know if, if it was called that, but... Um, but, uh, damn it, I was going to say something and I forgot where I was going with that. Um, it sounds like to me, are you familiar with Occam's Razor? That sounds so familiar. It's all things considered equal, the easiest explanation is often the correct one. And so I think it's another fucking dimension. That's the easiest? <laughs> that's yeah. gotta just be it. It's the easy it's out. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's unexplainable. It is. Um, <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the other day? Go for it. In the future, we're going to be purchasing and experiencing other people's memories or experiences, uh. like that movie Strange Days, where you can put something in your head and then... Downloadable experiences? Yeah. Like you will experience, not just see it, but feel it, immerse yourself oh. in it completely. And uh, my brother and I were talking about this, and he mentioned, you know what the number one thing will be that's popular that people are going to want to buy death death murder holy yeah. shit yeah you're going to want to experience what death is sick. like yeah well but it i mean not cuz people are sick but like curious yeah like it's a part it's a part of life whatever like i would want to i would want to feel that before it actually happens i think that a lot of people do that with drugs now anyway but like i can't uh, do that uh yeah it's I don't wild i i want to yeah but you could purchase like a, a famous person's death, like Keanu oh Reeves' death. No, no. And then you're gonna die. <laughs> and then you're what you're. But then the, the, wow, you got me thinking this about. This is how I go. The Elvis Presley <laughs> death is on sale this week. Yeah, but like, am I dying right now? But here's what's weird about that thought: is that like, the, your experience of Keanu Reeves' death will be different than my experience of Keanu Reeves' death, right? Because oh. I have my background of how I think about it. Oh, so can I experience your experience? Yes, of that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> can yeah. I, yeah, can I experience Brent's experience of Keanu Reeves' death? Right. Holy shit. And then it's just going to be a like that worm eating itself. Like we could all, I mean, There's I There's like know a modding community for fucking My brain hurts. downloadable <laughs> experiences. Wow. That's crazy though. So I was thinking about that earlier. There is one memory that I have of my life that is just me involved, no one else. I'm never going to tell anybody about it. It's an embarrassing thing that just randomly pops into my head sometimes. Like it's an event when I was a kid. If someone were to access my memory, that's what I think about. I go right to that memory and I think, I don't want anybody knowing about that. 
Yeah. Damn it, I want to know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. sure everyone's had moments like that. Like, I don't want anyone to know any, you know, like this moment of my life. I hate I myself that, that I can't or, forget it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So definitely. that that sucks. If you know, it'd be cool to be able to share memories and share experiences. But yeah. if you have access to everything, that's like Google saying. Uh, you know, when you sign up for something, I was just doing that with Chantel the other day. She was trying to share something from Google, uh, Google photos. So I have to have Google photos app or whatever, because I kept trying to log in. It wouldn't let me log in, whatever technology. So I get the app and I put it on the phone and I'm signing in and it says, allow Google to access all of your photos oh. or select photos or no photos. So I selected no photos. I'm trying to see what she showed me. I don't need to right. share my photo right. album for Basically anything. Sharing everything so, you got on your phone. So I said no, <laughs> no sharing, and it wouldn't let me through. Yeah. So I said, okay, select photos only. I selected one photo, and it still wouldn't let me through. It said you have to allow all access. Wow. And I said, Fuck you, and I took it off my phone. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Fuck you, Google. So. Fuck. To, to have to have a to have a little <laughs> bit of access. <laughs> delete. Delete. No, to have a little bit of access to something is cool, but that technology doesn't work that way. It seems like you have to access everything. You have to have everything yeah. before it to work properly. It you have to have all your in, photos. In the future, friend. it's not even going to be a choice. Right. You're like, you know. How are you going to stop it? Like, I, I have downloaded my memory. Oh, but I didn't want to put that one thing in there. Too late. It's already out, and yeah. now it's accessible forever. Do you want Google to have all of your memories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds great, because I don't want to forget them. But no. Yeah. Future's going to be really strange. The, the same guy I was talking about earlier from the ticket, he was he was saying, you know, whenever we get there, we'll all be strapped in our little like like chambers in our rooms where we're wearing our VR helmets oh. <laughs> and it's temperature controlled. It's nice little cough, you know, not coffin, like cocoon. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll probably die in there. And basically all that you do is you plug up and you can go to work and interact with your co-workers who are also doing the same fucking yeah. thing and then once you're done there you just go home from work virtually and then you sit there and you can play video games and just hit the orgasm button you can hit the uh, <laughs> i'm hungry button you can hit the orgasm button again and just yeah all you do yeah <laughs> and that's basically your oh, existence oh, oh, i oh. i mean it's scary but i think that's probably what's going to happen yeah unless basically, humanity fights for fucking playing call of duty and like god orgasm like <laughs> yeah, basically I'm all hungry. of the Black Mirror episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's all of them. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, disgusting. Yeah. I know. I'm glad I'm 39. I think I'm gonna expire before all that shit comes. I hope so. I mean, I hope everyone. I mean, I hope we do. Yeah. I can't imagine what if if we don't self destruct somehow, nuclear or climate change or whatever the case. I can't imagine what this place would look like in really a hundred years. 500 years? No Jesus, clue. dude. I, honestly, I can't even see 10. Like, I don't know. With, with the exponential growth we've experienced so far in the past yeah. 10 to 20 years. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Chantel said something earlier about, uh, I forgot what the hell it was, but it was 1970, like something in the 70s. And I'm, I'm still thinking 30 years ago. Yeah, I am too. I can't get past 2000, thinking, feeling like we're in 2000. Not the year 2000, but I mean like right around that time. Right. When I think of 90s, 80s, and 70s, I still think of them as 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> at all. It's so strange to me. Yeah. There's like a block in my memory somewhere that I that makes me think that. 
It's got to be that timeline, the new timeline that we created. <laughs> I used to work with this dude at Zoo, and I'm not going to say his name, but I, I, I think he just did a whole bunch of coke. But he had this one point once where he was like, when you're a baby, your entire life is one day, right? Your experience is one day. But when, like, whenever you're 80 years old, your entire life is 80 years of those days, right? And so your entire experience are the 80 of those days. And so at what point do you, like, your life feels like it's speeding up. Mm -hmm. And really what you're doing is you're just logging more and more of those days. And they feel like they're going faster, but they're really not. You're just collecting more. And so is there a point where we, yeah, you hear like, oh, you know, the mind only grows till you're about 27 and then you reach your peak. And then after that, it starts deteriorating just slowly. Mm -hmm maybe some more than others. But I wonder, like, if you say you're still in, like, the 2000s or whatever, what were you saying a moment yeah. ago? Like, is there a point where our mental capacity, like, our most comfortable, like, default timeline in our lives that we subconsciously exist in, like, is that is that, like, the 2000s for I mean, you? that'd be about right. Yeah. 20. Is that... Yeah. Are we still playing fucking Super Mario Brothers 3? Like in my timeline, because that's like, I'm surprised that I was remembering the folks having sex on that bench. Yeah. But I wonder if that's my default. Yeah. You're saying that like at a certain point in your life where it, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like you're going, you've, you've reached the top of the hill and you are then slowly going down. Like, well, like us meeting again for the first time in 12 years. It doesn't feel like 12 years. And then when we learn that it's been 12 years, like, holy fuck, does 12 years go by like that? Because I don't remember it going by like that. Does it feel like 12 years? And so we're going through like this kind of like time portal yeah. thing, you know, where we kind of come around and we access memories that we haven't thought yeah, of. I'm yeah. getting really fucking far off track. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to follow. It's good. It's good. I promise Ta I'm not high. Time is, I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> Time is weird, man. Let's go. It, it works forward. Or it, I'm sorry. It, it works like fast and slow simultaneously. Yeah. Like I was talking to Rusty the other day about, uh, I was in a car wreck a few years ago and I it went by in a flash. It, yeah. It went by the same as anything else, but it, it goes by in a flash. It also went by in super slow motion where you think you have enough time. It's as if the car's spinning and you, and everything stops and every second is like a day. It's like your mind just was able to process everything more than... I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, that's your memory, though. That's you remembering it, right? Or is that what you remember feeling in that moment? Because I feel like in that moment, it's like, oh, it's happening so fast. But when you think back, yeah. you're, you're, you captured all of it with right. your eyes and your brain, yeah. and you're able to slow it down in your memory where, wow, that's... That is what happened, you know, even though yeah. it could be traumatic and you might block some stuff out for whatever reason. Right. If it's something that was instantaneous that you, like I said, your eyes were open the it's, whole time. It, it recorded something in your brain and you, yeah. you can access it later. That You know, it, oh, that's weird because it's like they say that every day you're getting, uh, you're only receiving so much information because you're di automatically your brain discounts most of it. Like you, if a hundred percent of it's coming at you, you only really process 8% of what's coming at you. But in that moment of the car wreck, maybe I got a hundred percent download of those four seconds. Sure. Yeah. And I, it was, it went by in a flash when it happened, but then I remember it as if it was 
every single detail. So it feels longer because there's so much data in that zip file. Right. You know? And so you're able to process time as if there's more in it. Does that make sense? Like if there's more data in a second, then it takes longer for you to process that second. Absolutely. That's weird. LL Cool J, man. And what and what makes you what LL What's Cool J? LL Cool J, Deep Blue Sea. He was playing the chef, right? Yeah. He has a quote in that movie. He says, "You put your hand on a hot woman, one minute feels like one second. You put your hand on a hot stove, and that <laughs> one second feels like forever." That's so shit. beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I was like, and the guy in the movie goes, "I went like." the Caltech for all these years and that's the most fucking profound thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's so true. But that's what I was thinking of that whole time you were talking. I'm oh, sorry. No, that's ahead. beautiful. That's, that's, that's cool anything Jay. you said. But that's yeah. great. <laughs> thinking of a little cool yeah, Can you start over? Sorry. No. no, it's just, I, that's beautiful, but I love that. I'm going to remember that. Um, so maybe when you're about to die or you think you're about to die, you are able to open up that gateway mentally where you're like, I'm going to remember this, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to, yeah. pro I'm going to process everything. That's what I did you when know? I was in here and I choked on water. Sure, yeah. I said that on here. I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> I think I told you, I, didn't, yeah. I haven't told you, Scott. That Fucking when I was, water. How does somebody Chantel choke was out of town, on water? I was sitting at the computer. I was trying to, to, to record a take of something on the guitar. And this had to have been like the 40 or 50th take. And I'm just fucking frustrated and you know, I set the guitar down. I'm done. I need to take a break. I grab the water water bottle, and there's like a half inch of water at the bottom of the water bottle. So I, I it, it like swirls in the bottle and just launches right down my airway <laughs> in my throat. Because I just you know I just threw the bottle up quick. Cause I'm frustrated. I'm just drink this real quick and I'm gonna walk away. I it's like somebody just choked the shit out of me. I could not. I was like. Ugh. There's amoebas in it. <laughs> do it, do it. And I was I was scared to cough because I thought if I cough, I'm not gonna be able to breathe in. That's all the air that I have. I gotta hold on to it. So I just I got up and I'm like running down the hallway, like <laughs> like hitting my chest, like I'm gonna die in my hallway from choking on water. I'm it gonna drown <laughs> but, uh, in the, this little bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> These the dogs were looking at me like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god! I want to be able to to see this in the like the multiverse. Oh. I want to pay a button. Yeah, and, that's and that's see the that. memory you want to yeah. you want to experience. Yeah. yeah, why do I want to see your experience? Pain? Fucking know. panic! <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I don't want to die like this. I want to see the time Rusty almost choked on yeah. water. No, I don't want to. I don't want to experience it. I just want to see it, like from, <laughs> from you know from above or something. There's, uh, a, there's a camera in here somewhere. Oh man, me. that's funny, man. That's weird. Well, shit! All you got to do is fly into a black hole. And yep. then get on the other side, and then float around like Mike, Matthew McConaughey. You can see it like a you know, stack of stack of books or something. So it, so time was longer in that moment for you, somehow, like because you've had the same kind of, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if I could explain time in that moment, or you know what came to my mind. All I can think of is I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die because of water. I'm choking on water. I'm gonna die in my hallway. No one's here to help me. Yeah. What am I gonna do? And then you yeah. know, by the time I'm done thinking that, I finally cough and I could just slowly regain my breath, and heart's beating three thousand beats per minute. Yeah. Oh my god, how stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Anytime but, I'm hungover, like time seems to fucking slow down. I know that. Oh my god. Yeah. Not that I'm hungover. I just often. I can't. I don't think I'm gonna do it anymore. I can't. We had a margarita the other night. I oh. felt like fucking garbage <clears throat> Did you? afterwards and the next Probably day. Probably sugar. One margarita. Yeah. 
Yeah, margarita. I, I don't like tequila, man. Tequila. Yeah, I don't either. I think that might be it too. It might be more of a tequila thing for me, but sugar too. Two shots of tequila, and I'm gonna dance, and then I'm gonna be depressed. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I do? Up and down, real fast. When I drink tequila, I something screw comes loose in here, and I imagine I'm the fucking bartender, right? <laughs> and so I'm pouring everybody shots. I'm here. You go, everybody. Let's fucking get drunk. And every time they drink, I drink. Yeah, and I'm kidding. That that that's, that has happened numerous times, and I don't know why. And doesn't happen with anything. Just else. tequila, yeah, yeah. But that was a long time ago. I'm older, wiser. I have kids. I don't do that shit anymore. I don't shoot tequila anymore. Dad's giving me liquor again. <laughs> yeah, I liked the feeling of drinking and being on stage and just being like kind of wild. Yeah, but I other than that experience, I don't think I've ever enjoyed drinking. Yeah, like, maybe just me just and you drinking some. Jaeger and Red Bull or something. I mean, that's because that was the party drink. That's just like, oh yeah, that let's get was the party started. Yeah. That's that's about it. You know, that was y'all. Have a couple thing. of those and yeah, get hopped up on the Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, which is horrible for you. That combo. So yeah, you had some bad nights with that too. Yeah, we yeah, we used man. to work with down the hall from this girl, and she was singing in this band, and she wasn't really much for the nightlife. She would sing, do a great job, and then go home. And of course, my dumbass would stay and chat with her bandmates. And I was only there to go see her. I didn't know them, but I drank with them, and I'd drink with them, and I'd drink with them, and I'd get home, and I don't remember how I got home. Yeah. And I'm thinking. That's scary. Holy shit. Yeah. And then I went to work the next day, and she's like, thanks for coming out. <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah. It was bad. That autopilot driving. I did that once. Where you I, don't remember how yeah. you got home? Yeah. That sucks. I, and I hate myself for that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Because you know what? You could have killed somebody and you never know. Yeah, totally. I, I drove around once like that with a date. And that was the last time I saw that girl. <laughs> but I but I woke up feeling like, man, I could have hurt her and myself did and you, someone else. And Did you do something to her? No. Is that the we, reason why you never we, saw her again? No, no. <laughs> Never been like that. Uh, Never saw her again because because she knew that I was rid of her. No, she knew that I had been (laughs) drinking. Obviously, in the freezer. I remember. Here's what I do remember. Here's what woke me up is that I vividly remember taking a U-turn very quickly and going like this with the the U symbol. (laughs) She hits her head on the window. (laughs) Could be U-turn. I remember doing that and then thinking, "Ooh, I can't, I can't drive right now." And then screaming YOLO. Yeah. That was actually before I moved to Los Angeles, but about four years ago, I took a uh, an Uber to a bar and had a little bit too much to drink and didn't realize I had had too much to drink, and I took the Uber back home. Oh, I crawled out of that Uber onto the curb and slept outside my uh, apartment. <laughs> like, holy did, shit. didn't make it in the apartment. Like, got dropped off where I was supposed to. Yeah, and you were responsible. Just, yeah, but just slept outside like a homeless person. And uh, I remember, like, waking up, like, four hours later, it's, like, dusk, and I'm, cr- I was, like, cr- I couldn't walk. I was crawling back to my apartment, and I said, I'm never going to, I'm never going to do that again. I don't think I've had more than uh, two drinks out in public since then, hmm. just because I just, that, that, to me, that was that moment of just hating yourself of, like, total irresponsibility, sleeping outside in a Los Angeles <laughs> city street. <laughs> You know, like yeah. I'm downtown Los Angeles on the street, yeah. sleeping on the street. Like and someone walks by, go, God, the homeless people out here are just crazy. Like, man. I mean, I fit in, but still, uh, you know, I was footsteps from my apartment. <laughs> Good yeah. grief. Everybody is so different, you know, like 
every everybody has some kind of vice that they could abuse i guess but like everybody's also so different and it's just i hate the word drugs because it just is such a blanket statement to you know to scare off you do whatever. drugs yeah right yeah because like, alcohol do you drink drug. a fucking dr pepper right caffeine, caffeine is a drug co- chocolate yeah. is a drug yeah. right like yeah it's crazy so anything is addictive anything is a drug anything could be speaking of which now in between no, don't christmas you growl at me in between christmas and new years i'm down 15 pounds man oh that's what i'm talking nice. about yeah this guy right here got me motivated like, oh good and you know i had tummy to motivate me too but <sighs> i did i just cut out sodas i'm not joking now yeah. i am eating better i have a, a probably a, a caloric deficient diet right now than what i was but I'm losing pounds, and I'm not feeling terrible or anything. There was that one week where you're just like... The sugar detox. Yeah, where yeah. you're falling asleep, sitting up. Yeah. And uh, But after that, man, you're like, man. And inflammation, your joints and yeah. everything, just like overkill with the fucking sugar. Yeah. Good deal, man. Good to yeah, hear it. Glad great. to hear that. I want to know, so when we met a while back, you told me you know, that you smoked. And I didn't put two and two together. I'm like... Why are you smoking cigarettes? Oh yeah. Like, why, the, why the fuck did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and because of nicotine. Yeah. And I was like, man, that sucks. To be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. but then I was then I put two and two together, and so I'm curious, like, how you got to smoke it. Sleep. Sleep. I was working nights. Yeah. For a short while, and then after that, it was very hard to get my rhythm back. Yeah. And I just kept getting recommended. Just smoke a little bit of... From someone that you trusted. Marijuana. Yeah. And uh, I never liked it. I had a couple of experiences. Didn't really enjoy it that much. I have one specific memory of driving with two friends. I was... Uh, no, it was one friend, and we were going to pick up another friend. And we had smoked, and that was the first time that I actually felt something. Like second or third time I smoked. And... And this is just after high school. We go to pick him up. I'm, I'm immediately connecting that we're going to be all three in one bench seat. And I look out in the window and I say, no, bitch. Like, I'm not, I'm not riding bitch in the, you know, in the seat. And his mom is out there with that. Oh, no. So the guy driving is like, dude, his fucking mom's there. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I'll, that was another thing to make me feel like, oh, I don't like this. I'm not in control of myself. So I I always had uh, reserved some sort of judgment for sure. people that smoked because I kept seeing it being associated with lazy people or criminals, people, people up to no good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's not that way. <laughs> those yeah. are those are people. Those yep. are just people who make different life choices yeah. and just happen to smoke weed, I guess. So I tried to incorporate a little bit of that, and that helped me fall asleep better. And, you know, I could do alcohol, too, but I would have to drink a lot of alcohol to make me just go to sleep. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. It actually inhibits your sleep, actually. Yeah. So that's since I I started smoking at that point, I started cutting back on the alcohol. And then it seemed like it reversed of how that was affecting me. And then I would smoke and not go to sleep. And then I would have a beer and be like, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) It was very weird how it affected my system. But I noticed that it was helping me relax more and not be so pissed off all the time. And it was leveling you out. It, yeah. 
so I stopped associating that with bad things and bad people. Yeah. And I mean, that made me realize that I probably have all sorts of bias, biases you right. know, that I've just been uh, ingrained with for my entire life. You don't think that's been intentional? Yes. That, that, oh, yeah. That the way people think about that shit has been done intentionally. Oh, yeah. Totally. They don't they don't bring out normal ass people that smoke a little bit at night to help them go to sleep. No, they bring out fucking drug kingpins or people who are yeah. selling their buttholes for drugs or something. Yeah, you know? I my, need a my, joint. Here's my butthole. You know what my daughter and I'm I'll, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt know, you. My daughter came to me yesterday and she goes, uh, do you know the skin on your lips is the same type of skin that you have on your butthole? <laughs> and you said, Go to your room. <laughs> and I thought about that shit for a second. And I'm. And this is my 11 year old daughter, who's I would say old for her age, and I, you know I don't I don't pull any punches or anything, and uh, and you know we I don't I don't try to hide her from the things that are on the internet, and uh, I thought about it, and I was like, that's really fucking interesting. I didn't say the fucking I didn't say fucking interesting, but I said wow because I, I did I teetered on the fact I was like. Should you be in trouble? No, that's actually pretty interesting if you think about it. I'm thinking about my own butthole. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, then you start, start touching your butthole and touching your lips. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. That's so gross. And then you switch fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, definitely don't share this with your daughter because that would be weird. But, like, the back of your tongue, yeah. if you feel that, yeah. if you do that. What the is, underside? The underside. Okay. You go ahead and do it. Tell me what you think it is. With your hand? Yeah, yeah, your finger just kind of. Move that around. What does that remind you of? Ooh. Does it rhyme with vagina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. It is weird because it feels exactly like it to me. But All right, go ahead. back to the weed thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you smoke? I do. Okay. Definitely. But I, for me, it was not sleep. Mine was an accidental discovery that sex is amazing when you're high. That's the next question I was going to ask. I mean, dude, that's that's when I had that aha moment with realizing that I was lied to about weed and it wasn't a bad thing because, and I'm not going to say her name, but before I moved to L.A., yeah. connected with a woman, a blonde woman. Very, very beautiful. She followed our band around for a little while. I think you might know who I'm talking about. Um, but she smoked all the time back then, and uh, and we started smoking and fucking. And I thought like, this is what sex is like. Th this is what, and it wasn't just the sex. It was like I felt us. Yeah. In the, like it was like our bodies became you know that whole feeling you want to feel when you're having sex. It yeah. was like an amazing physical feeling and spiritual feeling and heart opening sort of feeling where you feel like what you're doing is so healthy for the planet and it's such a beautiful thing that you found this person fucking this right? blonde is healthy <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this for the world but, but it's, it's sort transformational of, it, yeah but it's sort of a lie because it doesn't imply that your relationship is necessarily good or you're supposed to be together or what I mean but you are you're, so enhancing, just, you're enhancing the moment you're enhancing the moment and it makes me think like this is like it, it makes me think unbelievably romantic spiritual thoughts like I'm I'm destined to be in this moment with this person. Like it just puts me so more in the present moment than I normally am. Are you accessing parts of you that are normally closed off? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's probably all kinds of things that I'm feeling love in in myself that I don't that I had never 
experience previously. Yeah. And uh, pot was a big opener into that. I later did MDMA with a partner. MDMA. Yeah. Ecstasy. MDMA. Yeah. I feel like I was saying that wrong, but I wasn't. But that was even a way bigger opener as far as that feeling. And even though that was a very screwed up relationship. So it's sort of a deceiving, like, everything's beautiful. Oh, but I, then you sober up and you're like, but no, it's not. <laughs> so, I don't like you. Yeah. Um, like, Last night was fucking heavenly. And today you are so ordinary. I think what it is, is it <laughs> just puts you in that present moment more yeah. so than you can be used to. And for somebody who's, who's always thinking about the future or the past or whatever else is on your mind, which I do all the time, I guess it just, it just puts things in a perspective that is that you can slow down and enjoy this moment. And so all that shit I saw on the news, I was like, there's, there's gotta be a war against this. Cause we gotta, we gotta bring this to everybody's consciousness. Everyone should be able to experience this. You yeah. know, that's that feeling of, you want to share it. So do you have a bunch of like like physical, like nervous energy? Oh, yeah. Okay. What about, oh, do yeah. you have just <laughs> racing thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. It did sound like that, didn't it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm probably... ASMR. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's gross. <laughs> I, I missed it. I didn't. It's some it. dude's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I probably have racing thoughts more than most, but I'm glad it's not right. as much as it could be. I guess. Yeah. I just. I oh, there I am in the headphones. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. heard him though. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, okay. That's good, man. I mean, I could, I could, I could see where you know someone gets, you know, inebriated or whatever. Uh, they get um, turned up. Yeah. However you want to define it or whatever they do, and it accesses anger or if it accesses Ooh, belligerence alcohol or something. Me. Yeah. And that's, that factor. would probably be definitively a bad thing. But you're talking about whenever you smoke, you're like, I want to love everybody. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Which is a taboo thing because you it can't be like daytime you're out in public and you want to love everybody because the world doesn't <laughs> operate like that. So it, it honestly sometimes smoking weed is extremely depressing because if I do happen to have one of those days that you're talking about where you just you forfeit the weekend and then you realize oh I need to go do something and you're already high and then you leave your apartment or whatever yeah. and you're alone and you want to love the world but the world doesn't want to love you. Oh man, that that's sort of a, a feeling of man I'm I'm in the wrong timeline. Yeah. Like I, I, I exist somewhere else and, and, uh, I, man, that's a feeling that is not comforting to know that you have all this energy yet you're, you know, and maybe you have a girlfriend at the time, maybe you don't, maybe you're married, maybe you're not, but there's been many moments in my life, uh, during COVID where I have been single and high and like, man, this world doesn't love me enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's kind of a bummer of a feeling. So I've, I've gotten off the weed recently because of that. Cause it, it totally makes me feel like I, uh, I need to wait until things are in a better place in order to do that. Cause I have an overwhelming amount of love to give and there's no one to give it to, <laughs> you know, right. Without consent. Um, <laughs> well, there have been several yeah. like jokes about me being a rapist tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where no, that's no, coming no, from. No, no, I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I feel the same way, dude. Is, is the marijuana going to be cut out? Forever? No. No, I mean... Oh, the... no, I'll smoke with you guys. No. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I meant from this. Oh. 
Um, I, don't I mean, know. there's probably some parts I could probably. Honestly, the best part of our conversation was talking about family, and that's the stuff we gotta cut out. But that was <laughs> honestly, if anybody was listening, what, what that would the, be the part people connected with and right, enjoyed no, the what, most. What I, but I have to pee. Do you want to take a quick break? Well, sure. when we come back, we would like to have uh, rapid fire, whatever. No, and we will be right back. Yeah. Cue the music. <laughs> We're back. Hey. Guys. Rangers, bottom of the seventh. That was pretty good. What was, what's his The face? Skittles oxidize and they become polynuclear nucons. <laughs> uh, Marty. Will Ferrell. Marty. Um, what was his name? Doc Brown? No, Will Ferrell's. The, the, the moon is cubs. made of cheese. What? Um, what? The Cubs. Yeah. Oh, uh, Harry Carey. Harry Carey. Oh, Harry. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I can't think of Cubs win. Cubs win. <laughs> Cubs, Cubs win. If the moon was made of barbecue sauce, <laughs> barbecue spare ribs, would you eat it then? Heck, I would. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, per request of Brent, we're going to do rapid fire. Would you rather? So, are we going to do this simultaneously? Nah. Oh, yeah. I, hmm, I don't know. Huh. I, I don't want to be the rule maker here. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've been on before, so yeah. Yeah. we'll do Scott. Okay. Okay. We'll do Scott. I would okay. like the uh, opportunity to answer after Scott, but okay. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll give you time. But then you'll you'll hear them and you'll be thinking That's about true. them. Maybe I'll, I'll just stay. All right, let's. I'll stay. <laughs> okay. So th what's it called? Um, transparency. Because I didn't write anything for this one, I'm recycling an old. What I just said it was. What is it? Rapid, Rapid fire. fire which would you rather? <laughs> so I might recycle another one for you. How dark is this? It's dark, dude. Fuck yeah. No. I like dark. No, it's it's not at all. It's dark very 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 simple. Yeah. So, vanilla or chocolate? Yes. Puppy or kitten? Puppy. City life or country life? Ugh. City life. City boy. Movies or documentaries? <clears throat> Are we doing it at the same time? No, I'm not doing it at all. You're not? God damn it. Movies. Snakes or spiders? Mm, fuck. S snakes. <laughs> fuck snakes. Marvel or DC? <sighs> fuck the DC, I guess. Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. That was a quick one. <laughs> yeah, fuckers. Wow. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk chocolate. Summer or winter? Summer. Guitar or drums? Nah, drums. Blade one or blade two? <laughs> blade one. That was great. <laughs> Night or day? Night. Yeah. Heads or tails? Heads. Always get head. Heads. Yeah. So I'm gonna do one for Brent now. Oh. Yay! This is another recycled one. That was another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! 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 <laughs> That was that was Moberly all the way. No, it that was you. Oh, that was you. No, no, it was Moberly. Unless you were trying to make fun of him, and then yours got really? repeated. That could be true, but it <laughs> came from this guy. No, but it, you were the guy that took the next level. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brent. Yes, puppy or kitten? Uh, puppy. Shrimp or whale? Whale. Laying in bed or laying on the beach? Ooh. A hundred percent beach. 
<laughs> I know it took time. That was interesting. Um, I don't know, hundred percent, because I was thinking if I was alone or there was somebody there, and, and it's funny because I knew that's where your head was going. <laughs> Angelina Jolie or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Past or future? Neither. Hmm. Living in the now. <laughs> Beer or liquor? Neither. <laughs> Under or over? Neither. <laughs> oh, this one applies also. Playing live or watching your favorite band? Playing live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bread or toast? Toast. This one does not apply. Tattoo or piercing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Neither. neither. <laughs> Cold or hot? Oh, that's such a good one. That is that's my favorite one. <laughs> yes oh both <laughs> what yeah dude. either or both okay if i could switch between freezing temperatures and withstanding it and then go to hot and back and forth that's my jam okay yeah. sure indoors or outdoors indoors well, well. It's, it's it's both but i'm more comfortable indoors pistachio or pistachio <laughs> damn it uh it's now pistachio what was it before Pistachio. Pistachio. <laughs> yeah. Pecan or pecan? Um, pecan. 100% pecan. I had to think about what that was. Heads yeah. pecan. That's heads. Tails! Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Sorry, bud. I've never been good at Scarlett heads or tails. Scarlett Johansson over at Angelina Jolie, huh? I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, she's weird. I like her. I like, uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. But yeah, she's weird. <laughs> He's weird. Did you see that? What, uh, what she, is it? I, Under the skin? Is it? Is it Johansson? She's naked in half of it. Yeah. But it's weird as shit. There's like four words in the entire movie. Okay. Is oh. this old or new? Yeah. It's like oh. 10 years old or something. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I feel like Angelina Jolie probably has better sexual energy. Really into it. Whereas Johansson would be more like, uh, I feel like she'd be more like, this is heavy uh, assumption. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is all obviously. Yeah, I, obviously. Uh, That's my just, favorite thing that uh, what's his face Jordan Peterson says. Obviously, obviously. Does he have Kermit voice or what? Yeah, dude. Do you yeah, listen yeah, to Jordan yeah, Peterson? Yeah. yeah, I listen to him all the time. I love him. I think it's like he makes some really great yeah. thought-provoking statements. He challenges me to be want to be a better person, better yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Clean your room. Yeah, but man, there are sometimes I, I I tried to listen to some of those dissertations about his dive into the like Book of Genesis or something. He had like a twelve part. Yeah, whoa. It was a huge thing into the Old Testament. I tried to listen to it, but I always I have to take them in small doses because of yeah, the Kermit voice. Yeah, for sure. I'm serious. And he can get super emotional. Like, he cries a lot. It's a little too much sometimes, yeah. It, he, well, it, I don't know what it is about it, but it's, I guess, um, it, it can't, yeah, it's too much for me. Like, I, I emotionally, I'm like, oh, I don't want to feed, I don't want to go down that, yeah. that pathway with him today, you know? Yeah. But he, he's a very interesting person. Like, I can't get as religious as he is sometimes about sure. things, but, uh, but he has a lot of good challenges for our generation, I feel like. Absolutely. Are, Net positive. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. things considered, net positive. Do you ever do you ever listen to stuff like that though, and and then you get hard on yourself because you're like, man, I'm not, I don't, I I should do better than I do, and then and you start to feel like a failure in some ways, and you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not pulling my own weight because I because you know because someone else is 
pulling not, their not weight. Not because someone, no, no, not at all. But because, like, I know I could do better, and mm. I choose to be maybe sort sort of selfish at times or distant when I could be when I could help someone else, like my like talking about my family earlier or whatever. Like, there's just times I listen to Jordan Peterson. I'm like, man, I'm not living my best life because I'm not I'm not giving enough, right? Mm-hmm. And it puts me down, and then I'm then I become hard on myself. <laughs> because of all those thoughts. I'd say Jordan Peterson was probably maybe one of the only people that I could listen to to where that didn't happen. Wow. So it was like very, um, like, wow. It's, it's, it is it's it is a quite astounding feeling where you, you don't feel guilt and you feel just motivated, you know? Like, wow. hey, okay. I'm accepting of my faults. I'm going to do better. And like you've heard of his like one percent thing. Can you just be one percent right. better than, than you, you were, were yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. And you know, and then you listen to someone like David Goggins. Do you know who he is? I don't know David Goggins. David Goggins, uh, just real short story. Uh, he's uh, kind of like most motivational speaker type dude now. He wrote a book, but he used to be like really overweight, like three hundred pounds. He was an exterminator. Just one day said, "Fuck this." And so he started working out, and he works out hard. He's probably the toughest human being on earth. He has no mental reservation about things. I saw a video of him the other day where he's like, I'm terrified of the water, so I'm going to tie my hands and wrists together and jump in and figure out how to fucking swim. Wow. And I'm going to overcome this fear right fucking now. Like, this is the dude that goes, if you go on jogs or you go on your morning runs or whatever, and if you listen to headphones, you're fucking cheating. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to find internal mm-hmm. sources of motivation to pump you up, not having that shit blaring in your ears. He's yeah. a tough motherfucker, but, I mean, he's he's really, you know, the other end he, of it. He will make you feel like you are doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're a piece of shit to him. I mean, he what, what did he run, like, over 200 miles? Yeah. And broke bones in his feet, and he Ugh. just runs. Yeah, just he runs, pull up records. Yeah, whatever. He, he's else. a freak of nature, and I mean, and you look at him now. He's like just got that Adonis body style. He's super fit, super healthy, and from what I can gather in all of my consumption of his material, is he's the real fucking deal. Like yeah. there isn't like yeah, he wrote a book, but. Hell, they were saying no one's going to be wanting to buy this book. And he's like, fuck you, book company. I'll sell it myself. Like, wow, that's awesome, too. This guy caters to no one. You know, I thought that was neat. But, yeah, like you watch Jordan Peterson. And I personally feel like he, you know, can motivate me without feeling that self-hatred, that self. And it's it's more of like not an emotional thing that I'm taking on myself, but an intellectual thing. Like I'm coming to understand myself mm, and my psychology great. better. Yeah. You know? Like, and I think that's it's it's great. It's very attractive. And it's not like I'm some lost male, like some what is the term? Um like the incel or some shit like that that they, you know, they love plastering that shit all over his not over his, but just over dudes in general anymore. You know, like, oh, you're just a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. It's so sad. And it's like you can't even listen to a guy that's trying to make you feel and do better for yourself and thus your family and your community and everything like that. They don't want you motivated. They don't want this. You're an incel. You're a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. You know? And that's what, when he gets a bad rap, it's like, wow, I can't understand why that guy gets a bad rap. Right. You know? But Maybe maybe for an opinion or something. But at the same time, it's, it's people condemning him for that one opinion. Yeah. It's the same as... 
Joe Rogan too. If you if you take a snippet of something, that's what people think that person is all about. You just take one moment of and then it sells a clickbait headline and yeah, right. It's just it's so stupid. I don't understand how people can with with confidence say somebody is a piece of shit or somebody is worthless or somebody is giving him misinformation just based on maybe a couple of minutes that you heard of something yeah. and you have gathered your entire opinion on those few minutes. Yeah. And then we cancel people like that from society and yes. it's mental. It's yeah. totally mental. I think I think sometimes when people go wrong if you I don't know you kind of have to say in hushed tones, do you listen to Jordan Peterson? Do you read any of his books? I just want to make sure I'm not going to like, you know, piss anybody off. And it's weird that we do that. And I think sometimes people, they, they get confused. Like, You're self-censoring in a way. Yeah. But I mean, just because you listen to some of his lectures or you read some of his books or if you, you know, like I said, oh, I love the guy. He's a net positive. That doesn't mean he is my God, you know, like I still yeah. uh, disagree with some of the things, but it's like all or nothing anymore. And that's not, right. you know, it's not. I don't think it's healthy to be all or nothing with 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 a lot of things. He, if anything, he's taught me to be the individual, be myself, and internalize what makes me the way I am and responsible for myself. And that's what I think is great. It's rewarding. No, it's stupid because Jordan Pierce is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're bad. Yeah. Yeah. Canceled. Fuck you. Yeah. It's just so polarizing. I look forward to... I think it's to... a fucking waste of time. That's what it is. People just wasting their time. Yeah, wasting their energy. Hate something. Hating something. Yeah. Well, and then because... we label it as toxic masculinity. And then, you know, it's like at the same time we do this, we are condemning Jordan Peterson and only incels listen to him. We, we banish those who have figured it out because then they're toxic masculinity so absolutely every, everyone's fucked up you yeah know, the man is i do i always this is where my conspiracy brain comes in and i think that that's actually like laid on me well like you know like you've seen these military videos of like usa versus russia yeah and russia's like yeah. built you've seen them before yeah it's like you know i feel like we're almost being conditioned in the in america to really not respect masculinity or men at all and women are and and i love women okay and i not just sure. i love humanity but it's just right. like increasingly we're you know we're we're judged on these little sound bites and we and even in the metaverse someday we're going to be attacked based on that one sound bite of who we were yeah forever <laughs> you know yeah. that's our character and uh and it's just this weird thing where it's like why why are we is it just these uh, clickbait people making money and that's the headline and that's and that's what people read into or is this orchestrated to weaken the family role in, in the american public to weaken the masculinity to bring us down so that we can be conquered from the inside you know yeah, is it a plot or is it just right. happening by circumstance because if you wanted to do that that's a way to do it is yeah. to tear to tear a society apart on its own you just plant the seed and let it destroy church, itself not a religious guy but churches are completely you know no, we don't have a young congregation anywhere anymore so churches are collapsing families are collapsing you know it, it, it there is this sense that like everyone for themselves and and uh and that would be a total way to to do it you then you can really conquer right you know so is it a plot or is it just circumstance probably a little bit of both it's just weird man i would say i would say more than anything i think the times are right for all of these different opinions to coalesce and be against the one big bad guy, like, you know, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. And if right now you can attack 
toxic masculinity, if you can attack the patriarchy or whatever the fuck, you know, all these words that are yeah. being put back into circulation on a daily basis, you know, like, oh, yeah, we can we can all agree to dislike those guys, you know. Uh, other than that, we've got our own differences and we'll, we'll you know, and I don't want to even get political or nothing, but I'm just saying like a, a, it is noticeable. And I would say sometimes it feels like there might be like an overarching plot to where it feels like everyone is like all at one time, like you are public enemy number one all of a sudden. And it's like you can't win for losing. We idolize people who have reached the the pinnacle of success, and 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 we make TV shows where we pit one single rich wealthy male with fifty horny single women, you know, and say that's okay, but it's not okay for you to want to feel better about yourself. It's odd, yeah, you know, and we keep washing around in this washing machine of of mixed messages, yeah, and no one. I'd say no one really truly has an answer at all. And so if if you can't collectively come to an agreement, then I think you should revert back to what you can take care of yourself. Yeah. And your kids, your family. And, you know, maybe that's more of the libertarian side of me where everyone just go be happy, go do what you want to do and everything. But, uh, you know, don't tell me how to live. Don't make me the bad guy because I want to, you know, uh, shed some weight, you know, and, and be a better man for my girlfriend and help support, you know, my family and all that jazz. That doesn't make me a bad guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not keeping someone else from advancing, mm -hmm. you know, because I want to do better. I mean, shit. Well, you're you're actually a, uh, a blessing to the world if you take better care of yourself because everyone can benefit from you being a better person. You're no longer a burden for them, yeah. and you can potentially take better care of other people. Yeah. So uh, that whole notion that bettering yourself is is not good. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just the world is is reached a place where. I could even sound like an incel right now to some people because I feel like there's an encroaching sort of force field around thinking for yourself, around educating yourself or bettering yourself or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and to where doing those things or, or whatever, I do feel like it's demonized in a way. And that makes me already a target for feeling like that, yeah. which is mental to yeah. be in that feedback loop. All you're you know? doing is just justifying the reason why they hate you. To begin with, they were going right. to hate you anyways. Yeah. You know, and now you're like, well, gosh, I can't do anything to make you like me. So now, you know, they're going to hate you, continue to hate you. And, and the thing is, is that the terminology gets thrown around so much. And it's not just in cell because, you know, it, that even that word itself makes me feel squeamish. You know, it's like, well, how the fuck did this word come up? And how do we start throwing it around a yeah. whole bunch? Yeah. You know, like, I'm just guessing that. There have been, like, single men for a long fucking time, you know? And we didn't, like, section them out and put them in entire, into a, an entire different part of society and say, you're the fucking problem of everything. Like, did we do that? I don't know. I'd hate to think that we did. Oh, maybe we did. But uh, I don't know. It just, I think the the rage train just goes on and goes on and goes on and and eventually it will it'll circle around and uh, right now it feels like 
uh, if you're a, a single white male, you know, uh, you're public enemy number one. And, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with being white or whatever. It just it just seems like uh, that's the narrative, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a guy like Jordan Peterson who, you know, uh, for most in large part, writes books on you know self-help books, you know, and then he delves into religion a little bit. Now, he came to fame through a controversial mean, but it doesn't, you know, shit, man. It, I've done things that are controversial. We've all done things that are controversial. This guy, I don't know why he's, you know, getting the raw deal on shit. He was actually, there was a tour that he just recently announced recently, and I had the mind to at least check what day it was and when it was. It was in February out in Dallas somewhere, but I, I didn't do it. He's an interesting fellow. And yeah. I think if we would all obtain a fraction of the intellect that he, and, and maybe the thoughtfulness of things, because I don't see him as like this crazy, like uh, you have to bend to my will type at all. Not at all. Yeah, he's very, he's a very attentive listener and seems to internalize and think things outside the box. And he's like incredibly well-spoken and um, I mean, hell, could you imagine if everyone was that capable? Right. How how mu how much further in society we could get instead of yeah. us sitting here joking about going, orgasm, food, <laughs> orgasm, food. You know, yeah. Experience Connor Reeves' death. Uh, you know. Well, I don't think we would even have those fears of what if everyone was their best selves. We wouldn't be afraid of a metaverse. We would be looking forward to a metaverse because we would know that we're going to bring our best selves into it. Yeah. And it will return that back to us. And it, it's where humanity's supposed to go in a positive way. Right. Because we are healed from within. Right. But so many of us are not healed from within. And so we look at the future as this. That, I think that's why Cessful. we look at the future as a scary place sometimes because we're putting we're, some of us are putting the worst of ourselves in that metaverse and then we're all going to be subject to seeing it very immersively and maybe one of us some of us just kind of want to be left alone like you're saying you, that libertarian streak and you you, you want to be able to do your thing but you want to be left alone but in the future we might be more connected than we want to be yeah. and it's not the best of all of ourselves and so that's that's a scary place to be <laughs> and I don't I mean talking your head off but there was a thing where I saw just recently, it was Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro, I'm kind of hot and cold on. He just talks really fast and he's very, yeah. very heady. Um, I don't understand how he talks so fast. I don't know how words he I'm scared I talk like that now. Here, yeah. this, but. but he made a really good point. And he said, when you're younger, you're probably more, you know, carefree about things. You're learning and whatnot. You go to school, you're probably more liberal and libertarian. And then he said at some point he reverted back to kind of like a conservative outlook on things because he thought at some point my children are going to have to participate in society. And if you just let everyone do whatever they want, whenever they want, uh, it's just like it's going to create problems later on. Now, I don't personally have like the thought to keep people from you know like oh you shouldn't do this i'm not raising up i'm not some puritan or anything like that i've certainly made dumb choices and dumb decisions and a lot of people the way that they learn and they grow is that they learn by their own mistakes and they, they absolutely try things mm -hmm. and they say that ain't for me and they do something else right and if someone was 
the blanket statement, you're not allowed to do something or it's against the law or it's something like that. No one's actually growing. No one's actually doing anything. I don't think, but that's just me. But, you know, I think it is an age type situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm telling you guys, I know whenever I start having children, especially a daughter, right. And we're talking about how toxic masculinity works and everything. And, and, I'm trying to find myself, my value as a man. I'm trying to find my path in life, you know, and as Jordan Peterson said, orient yourself. Did I say that right? Yeah. In the world, you know, so that where you can go and be a formidable, you know, presence. doesn't mean that you're bad or anything, but, you know, you can go and get shit done. You don't have to be a weakling or anything like that. And I think about that and extrapolate that out to how uh, eventually... If we, if we don't uh, foster that thinking in other men, these are the men, these are the boys that will be one day coming to pick up my daughter, right? And I want society to be better so that I know that whenever he comes to pick her up, this guy ain't looking to do something. He's going to treat her respectfully, you know? And it is weird once you get on the other side of, parenthood you know you kind of see the world a little bit different and i imagine that's what our parents you know felt with us and it's it's weird as we grow up and we have these changing evolving thoughts and then someone like jordan peterson comes along and you're like wow that puts a little wrinkle in your brain that's a net positive you know yeah i'm talking all over the place go ahead no no no. it's good good stuff well that's just like you say about somebody coming to pick up your daughter i mean isn't there a little bit of a stigma or something against being polite and opening the door for your lady or yeah you know whatever just being that polite that puts you in a negative place for some reason or Are you saying or like if you, you were to open the like door a, for a, a, a lady and she goes i don't need no man to open that door right oh that happens yeah, take taking insult to something like that yeah or someone i don't know frowning upon that or saying yes ma'am Yes, sir. I say yes, sir, no, sir, all the time. And someone will say, yeah, don't say that. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm broken. Sorry, sir. I can't, I can't not stop. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've come to the realization that people are going to do what they're going to do. I I don't know. If you open the door for somebody and they're rude about it, that's them being rude, not necessarily to you. That's just their own, their own thing. Yep. And, uh, you ain't the first person they've done that to. Yeah. Personally, it drives me nuts, but it's like <laughs> I'm trying to learn not to take those things personally at all. But I don't know. Well, the the ultimate thing is you have no idea what someone's going through. That's what it's yeah. just so hard to think about whenever you are being wronged. You have no idea what the person that just wronged you has done that day or experienced that day. So to jump on them and for whatever reason, they'd want to be completely honest. My whole family just fucking died in a plane crash. Right. Give me a fucking minute to get my drink and get out of your way. Sorry. You know, like, God, you'd feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. That's you know? very true. I, I should probably personally consider that more. But it, like I said, if, if you just got wronged in a way, I'm not saying to just, oh, I'm sorry because you wronged me. <laughs> it's yeah. just before you react, just take a second to consider what someone might be going through. Or they're a complete piece of shit. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other day I went to gas station and there was a woman in front of me. She walked in the door right in front of me. I don't expect anyone to hold a door for me at all. 
but she let it just close right in my face, basically. She saw me walking right next to her, and she let it go right in my face, didn't even turn around, and we go inside. I didn't take offense. I just, I thought, oh, okay, whatever. I get my stuff. She gets her stuff. We come out at the same time. Guess who's in front this time? You. I could be an asshole sure. and just open the door and just whoop, let it close right on her. Her hands are completely full. That would have been great if I wanted to be an asshole. But I I held the door open. I stopped in my tracks. I held the door open for her. She walked out. And the look on her face, she was so surprised. And she said, thank you. She looked me right in the face and said, thank you. Almost as if she realized that she didn't hold the door open for me and maybe didn't realize it. You know, knew that she did and thought, oh, I should have held that open. You know, one yeah. of those things. Yeah. Just her real, you know, saying thank you and looking straight into my face and saying thank you genuinely thought see what if i was an asshole to mm, her what sure. do i get out of that you know she might not have intentionally been rude to me by by not holding the door open you know and it's interesting too if you were to take that example and maybe you illuminated to her that she was wrong for not doing it in the first place that you prevented her from doing it to someone else the second time yeah right and if that just keeps going and going and going you know, you know, just that simple act of kindness that you held the door for that second time. I mean, exponentially, how much greater did it become? Mm -hmm. You know, imagine if everybody was nice to each other, right? For a day. For a day. Just for a day. Just, just the golden rule. All the know, shit that just, we could get done. I mean, seriously, if you ignore any minor inconvenience that you would experience and try to go out of your way to be nice to someone in any instance throughout yeah. the entire day for just one day, you just make that a point throughout the entire day hold the door open give someone the right away anything if you did that just one day just like you said i wonder what could grow from those little encounters from that moment turn that frown upside down in that heart homie i know that someone's done that to me before yeah it's always at a gas station it's always encounters with people constantly at gas stations but it was like i don't know what i experienced i came in pissed off or something i, I don't know if it i just like work related or what and you know, I get my stuff, I go to the counter. You can always have the experience of, hey, how you doing? You know, oh, good. Is that all? Yep. Have a good day. It's just Robotic. habitual. Yeah. But that moment, there was somebody behind the counter and said, how are you doing today? And looked me right in the face. Yeah. And it's like I, I just sensed that genuine uh, interaction. Isn't that weird, though? Because, like, there have been times where I feel like I'm given a genuine, like, somebody's doing that to me, and for whatever reason, I don't want it that day. And sure, I, sure. I want to avoid eye contact, and I want to have headphones. In, like, I, whatever yeah. I'm going through, I don't know what it is, but that could be something where that sort of niceness rubs me the wrong way. Sure. I don't know yeah. if anybody else experienced that. That's like that. talking to a morning uh, a person yeah. that's not a morning person. Yeah. You're like, hey, yeah. good morning. You're yeah. like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Totally. I, I can totally understand that. Yeah, my daughter, she says I'm always grumpy in the morning, but it's not because I don't like her. It's just because I don't like waking up in the morning. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I get that way with people at work. I'm By the time my guys get to work, I've already been there for an hour most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And I'm awake. Yeah. And they'll come in and want to talk. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk. I want to focus on work. You know, I'll let you know what to do and we can talk about work, but yeah. like, Hey, how was your weekend and stuff? You know, I, I appreciate being asked that, but yeah, I just kind of want to say that's good. You know, yeah. and 
I don't really like small talk that much. That's because I don't like small talk. Like, so maybe right. that's part of that too. No, Chantel's the or, same way. <laughs> Kelly's the same way. She hates small talk. I said, we've been together for seven years. We've got to talk about something. I think most people hate small talk, even those that engage in it. It's, you don't mean to, to do it. They Everybody hates fucking small talk. It could be just get ri- getting rid of awkward silence yeah. also. Like, Would, how... Uh, how is your dad? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> something. He just died, remember? Oh, how was the funeral? <laughs> you were there, remember? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, see you later. I feel like we need to go full circle somehow to, to not. I don't. We don't have to close it out, but I feel like oh, I want to go full circle. Well, this this is probably going to take a, a, a bit of heavy editing. Ahead. Yeah, I'm not. One, um, not it. I feel like we've gone everywhere so, and back. But I feel like I, what I mean get, is I don't know how much is going to get cut out. Oh, so yeah. it could be yeah, shorter true. than I'm thinking. But yeah. this is kind of a long time. I was trying to think of something else that I was going to ask from about, the past. Yeah, about music days, yeah. but I forgot what the hell it was. Do we do we have a recording from? The original Lubbock trip? Oh, God. Uh, I don't think that I do. Uh, I don't have a physical form, but I might I have just wanted to hear them. I don't care about the performances necessarily. <laughs> I'm just curious of what the music sounded like. And I think like, I may. Like we did Pyroman. I'd be interested to Pyro see, man. you know, like how that... Mega Man bad guy. How that, yeah. <laughs> how that worked totally out. Totally is. <laughs> and, you know, like maybe re-record something and change some shit up or something. I don't know. I'd just be really interested because I have not heard that in such a long time. And I can only remember a couple of parts. Yeah. That it would was, be like revisiting, you know, that's like a time machine. Can you list all of the songs on that EP? Kill Creature Roy Roy? Within. No. Creature Within was number one. No, that was the first sin. No. Demo. Um, what was the name of our EP? The Creature Within. Yeah, but the yeah. very, very first thing that we did with him was in Lubbock. Yeah. It was called The Creature Within EP. And the first was track it? was Creature Within. Oh, my God. Did we ever was get it? To... It was that. Oh, yeah. With the. Oh. I so don't remember that we ever got yeah. that with back from that mixer. <laughs> that no, guy we, that recorded it. We got it. Well, we kind of wish we hadn't. Yeah. This is pretty uh. Didn't he take like six months? He's like, yeah, I'll take it. Oh my God. And uh, for, so from my bad. memory, like what I've listened to for the past 20 years, in my memory, it sounds like there was a microphone on the floor in a room and that recorded everything. That's yeah. what that sounded like yeah. in my head. It was god awful. It was horrible. <laughs> I feel like there is probably recording of that somewhere that like... Like there was more mics than because he put mics everywhere. So Did I feel he? like the, I feel like we're never going to contact this guy. But if if we had of and he still had the shit, I bet you there is a better yeah raw materials to Maybe. work with to do something. And do, do you know? I mean, and I understand that we were getting the hookup and it was very oh, nice of, of him and yeah. everything. But just to kind of add insult to injury, that we drove to Lubbock to do yeah. that. Right. <laughs> that's what makes it that town. That's what makes it such a great story, <laughs> though. You know, it's like. Um, so we get but, there. Uh, uh, Creature Within, Killjoy Roy. That's right. Pyro Man. <laughs> the end is the end is over. over. It was that that was four that was four songs, but I thought oh, there was five. Shit. So we're missing something. Oh, Labyrinth. That was after that. It had to have been. I'm gonna bet you on this one. I feel there like was a, there Labyrinth. was a a a towards the the last of my my time with the band and there was one song and whether it was labyrinth or the wonder or something like that that was was, you know partially written and made it on to the end okay just for the record oh i think that was it what 
Now we added the home recording to that. That had to have been it. Because what did we record it for? It's not like we had a single or something. I think we added that to the end or something It just like that. ended up on there. It wasn't the no. same recording session. It was no. just added on That album didn't have an insert. Uh-uh. Uh, maybe <laughs> uh, this is my perspective. I mean, I, it, we can play some bets. Quite now, possibly. Uh, I'm, I'm just for the record. It's going to be Creature Within, Killjoy Roy, Pyro Man, Labyrinth. The end is over. That's my. That's my. Which ah. The end is over. Formerly, suicide. Oh yeah. <laughs> God. Oh well. Um, yeah, but I could be wrong. I'm on the record for having terrible lyrics. For the very longest time. And I still, to this day, don't focus on lyrics as much as I That's could. Because okay. I, I, it's usually lyrics are like the last thing that I do, and I just want the song to be done. <laughs> so I just ah, blast through some lyrics. Yeah, that's that rhymes. That somewhat makes sense. Go with it. I mean, that's probably common in the genre that we're working in. I feel like. What what metal song are we like? Oh, dude, there's the there's lyrics. tons of bands that have really intense lyrics. Yeah, that you might not be able to hear very well but, or understand, but if you read them, thinking, okay, that is thought provoking. That's maybe, pretty cool. And yeah, maybe so. And I'm not familiar with that. But how many of those songs are popular and people know and they sing along to? None of them. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say lyrics are quite literally the last thing I care about. Same. I, I mean, mean well, if the song is badass, I don't care if you're just going up there making noises. Yeah. Because I can't really decipher what you're saying anyways. Yeah. This is true. And I can't remember song titles as it is, so lyrics, I'd have to remember all that too. That being said, I don't think if I ever if I ever did anything in the future, I don't think I would ever, and I'm not a singer, but if I did, I wouldn't want to produce something going forward that I didn't put a shit ton of time into the lyrics on now. Because right. now I like I, I respect it more than I actually would. I would never enjoy it and be like, oh, yeah, I, I like those lyrics. But I, if I'm going to put my stamp on something, I would want to put thought into the lyrics at this point in life. Right. But, but yeah. But I'm not even doing that. So there you go. <laughs> well, you can start lyrics now. You can start. Well, see, I'd, I'd rather su- start music now. I've than suggested the... this to somebody, and I still have yet to do it myself. I was thinking of coming up with a story, like a storyline, story yeah. idea, yeah. and basically writing as though you're writing a chapter of a book or something. You yeah. write that chapter and then you just take little sure. subject lines or, you know, hot points on that and yeah. those are your lines for your song because you can capture what's happening in those lines, but you actually have a story to pull them from. Right. So that's how I'm going to approach the solo album. That's have a good some, idea. I have some ideas, but I have yet to expand. What's the story about? Uh so I was talking to my buddy Andrew, and I forgot where our conversation was going, but we started talking about my solo album, and then he said, blah, whatever the hell it was, and I said, oh, like a return to Earth, and he said, well, there's your album name. Okay. I said, okay, return to Earth. So that's like leaving Earth and then expanding civilization elsewhere because Earth is terrible or whatever, and then coming back and then maybe it being so many years later and since people are gone, the place has flourished and it's just everything is overgrown and yeah. it's actually habitable now. And that would be like return to Earth. So And then we fuck it up again. I'm yeah. thinking like the image that pops in my head is a building with a gigantic tree growing out of the building, like completely breaking right. the building apart and the tree is just 
there. And its roots are growing through all sorts of skeletons. Yes. <laughs> and there's a plane about to hit that tree building. No, there's no one there. <laughs> so something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking kind of a like past dystopian thing, but then returning after the fact, and it is now beyond the dystopian view, and it is just evolving into something else next chapter. That's where I want to go right now. I wish I could live there. That'd be pretty cool. In a dystopian returning to Earth setting? Yeah. Really? In a, a post-dystopian yeah. Earth. That sounds, I mean, of course I would want to be curious about what that life is like. And I want to be involved in the repopulation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but but as a higher human being that, that's figured out a better, healthier, inner healing journey. Okay. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like what if you returned and you're not your same old boring self, but some form of elevated consciousness? Right. Yeah. We, we wouldn't, it might not even be a person. It could just be... You're just seeing it from the point of view of seeing Earth as it is now. But how are you seeing it? Am I a cyborg? Am I a robot? Am I a creature within? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> I haven't thought anything else about That's hard to I can't think of how to write lyrics about that because there's no point of view besides the thing that you don't know that you are <laughs> or what you are. You know, the weird thing about writing <laughs> lyrics is often whoever's writing them, they have to have some sort of like personal feeling to them. And then when you write them and then you start singing about them, performing them, you're exercising that inspiration whether it be pain or joy or whatever it is and obviously it becomes ordinary at some point and then you lose the ump for the song you know you're like Shit. yeah am i sabotaging myself by 100 percent cataloging this time of my life and mm -hmm. in, yeah. in song you know right so maybe coming at it from another direction that doesn't catalog it a time of your life doesn't time stamp it yeah that much yeah yeah like and not to go back to these doofuses, but like the guys in Corn, right? That whole first album was all pain and suffering, blah, 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 blah. I never felt pain or suffering like that, but it was fucking cool when he did it. And now he sounds like a fucking bloated, you know, idiot. You know, he's like, ah, ah, is what he sounds like, you yeah. know. There's a different shift in Jonathan Davis for sure. Yeah. Whatever. Whenever like that vibrating shit started gyro. happening, yeah. I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> Wow. I wish I could do that. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. And I just, in the background, want to go, the love shack is a little Oh, yeah. Bridge. I'd rather listen to that. That's what it sounds like, you know? Yeah. I'll take that. That's, that's why I was the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what else? Uh, I don't know. All right. Since I didn't write anything, I mean, I didn't even care about this being a podcast necessarily. I just wanted to record just yeah, in case there was some out. cool stuff yeah, to yeah. talk about. But Of course. Yeah. Hopefully it'll make make a good one. It's good Are to you see. losing energy? Do you need food units? I, I'm not terribly hungry, but I am losing a little bit of energy. Like, I need a change of, like, uh, it's just, it's in my head, though. I think, my head. I think you need another one of them. No, I'm just mm -hmm. kidding. I can't think of something else to... to <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I didn't even have to fucking look up. That's a good place to end. So I don't have a zipper in my zipper pants. Zipper song. So Brent and I... 
There's no way to explain this without being so homoerotic. Well, I mean, here. you just made the sound. So did, did everybody we hear would, that? When, whenever we do were, it into like, the microphone, like late at night. Come on, just being goofy. It was that sound. So do you hear that sound? That was a start of a song. We would just we would. <laughs> we, I think we would agree upon a song beforehand. Yeah. Like, let's, let's play Fade to Black. Fade to Black. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh no, it was boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. we did one. I would, boom, 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 boom. I would yeah, remember we, we would one. play songs. Yeah. We did, we did Fade to Black also because yeah. I remember doing the the, 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 the solo, solo part, <laughs> which was way too fast but, to be able to do it. But yeah, seeing if we could, uh, or if somebody else could uh, guess decipher the song. the song. Yeah. Like, obviously, no. <laughs> Holy shit. But how stupid. We would. We were so stupid. <laughs> we we so would dumb. play one on our zippers. Yeah. And I'd be back there trying to do the fucking drums. Like, And then then I'd fucking break it going. Yeah, we got that far. We would play the whole fucking song. And then we'd laugh our asses off. We would slap each other on the back and say, good job. We'll see you next week. Yeah. That's so weird. Show's over. Good night. What a life that was, you know, to have that kind of energy <laughs> and that kind of time to have fun like that. It was that. a good fucking yeah. time. God, and I, carefree, man. I yeah. thought about this before coming over here. And, and seriously, this is from the bottom of my heart. You guys were my best friends growing up, and y'all helped shape my life, you know, and, and whether I had a good time or a bad time, uh, it was kind of, it all started from you know, my childhood, obviously, and y'all were huge parts of my childhood. And I want to just, you know, not everyone gets to see their old buds like this, mm -hmm. right? right not true. everyone has that opportunity. And I just wanted to say, I love you guys. And thank you so much love you too, man. for the good times back then and for right now and, you know, our friendship in the future. And y'all are good dudes. So love it, man. Yeah. I love hearing that. And I feel exactly the same. Yeah. 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 yeah I yeah. do too. Y'all are love good you guys. guys, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought to say that. <laughs> Not that I don't feel that. I just it means a lot. It, to it does be mean here a lot. now doing this. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Or doing anything, but just that we're together. Is yeah. Like, yeah. So if this wasn't entertaining to those out there, sorry about it. We had Fuck a good time. You. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we're gonna move on to the next chapter of this day. Yeah. I appreciate you guys being here, Denver. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Mostly freaking, well behaved. Freaking baritone bark. Yeah, yeah, man. I wish I had them pipes. No kidding. Let's record a song over that. How, how do you play your exit uh, song in the middle of the recording? I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I don't. <laughs> so until next time. Bye bye. Bye. -bye. bye. Rusty's escape pod. Rusty's escape pod.